Hey, Full Nerd fans, Adam here. Before we start the show, to let you know that we had a, a problem with Brad's microphone when we were using Microsoft Teams, which is how we get him to uh, remote into the into the recording. Uh, that was corrected uh, within about, uh, I think, around 25 minutes of the show starting. We actually had to pause the live stream and and kind of uh, course correct and go over to Zoom. Uh, I'm going to cut that bit out on this uh, recorded version, so you won't hear us kind of fumbling through that. Uh, but just know that the, the beginning parts, yes, Brad's microphone <laughs> definitely has a problem, but it does get corrected and hopefully doesn't enjoy uh, destroy your enjoyment of the rest of the show. Um, but I just want to get in here before the, the show actually starts to, to let you know that, that it does get corrected. So thanks everybody for listening. And, uh, yeah, now on to the show. In this episode of the full nerd RTX 4070 reviews. Oh, I can't even read the screen. Here we go. <laughs> in this episode of the full nerd RTX 4070 reviews, best CPU for gaming and gen five SSDs. Welcome to episode 253 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And also special guest, Jared Walton of Tom's Hardware. Howdy. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm uh, gl- glad to have you here, uh, Jared. It's 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 been a bit, uh, and it's been a bit since you've been on with Brad, so uh, glad you could join us. Yeah, 20 series you were saying earlier. That is, It feels like ancient hardware at this point well speaking of ancient hardware i was at best buy uh over the weekend and i bought a brand new gpu i had to double check it i had them pull it out of the cabinet because i was like wait is this new is it used what the hell is it i i found at best buy a xfx radeon rx 5800 uh brand new it's got eight gigabytes of vram so it's future proof uh yeah you mean a 580 i'm sorry what did i say you said 5800. Oh, like, I'm not 5800. What's a 5800? I'm sorry. I'm is that sorry. one of those OEM models? <laughs> Can I? An RX 580, brand new at Best Buy. Uh, and yeah, I, I I saw, I was like, you know what? I don't see this that often. I got to pick it up. So I did. How much was it? Uh, $130. Huh. So it's got eight gigs, eight gigs of VRAM, so it's future proof. You know, I you know, I would think that's, that's really not bad for entry-level GPU. It's actually kind of nice you can get. Although it's just insane that it's basically... Well, it was the only one there, and it didn't even have, like, a tag on the shelf. So I, I really think somebody was, like, cleaning cleaning out the stock in the back. Uh-huh. And they were like, hey, what's this box over here? I don't know. Let's throw <laughs> it out there and sell it. Because, uh, yeah, it was it was really weird. I've been to that Best Buy plenty of times and had never seen that 580 sitting around. So. I still think it'll play top 10 Steam games, though. You know. I, 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 I want to test it. Yeah, Not, I, not I everything test high, it. but... so. I would think it would. Hopefully. Depends well, on what your top 10 is. Is mm. Hogwarts Legacy still up there? Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Is, is that, that on there? Is that even a... God. God. Well, either, either way, I'm not playing that one. playing it, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, good Good for 1080p gaming. Low settings is uh, is what Ziv says. So, yeah. It's, uh, there you go. I, I picked it up. I, I Sometimes I just like seeing random stuff, and I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. You got me. Best Buy got my money. Uh yeah. Anyway, uh, but but we're here we're here to talk about GPUs, not not as old as the RX five eighty, <laughs> but uh, something new. We got we got a new review from both of you fine gentlemen on the RTX forty seventy. 
that ha- happened last week. So yeah. So what's the deal on that? Because I have not paid too close attention. Is it good, bad? Because I I I sometimes only sort of get the feeling from the internet, like whether there's just a swell of anger or kind of. But it looks like pretty decent. There's less anger than there was against the 4070 Ti. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Why? <laughs> Well, I mean, the 4070 Ti was $800, and this is $600. So oh. it's like, and it's slower. Like, it's, I, I want to say it's, I don't have my numbers right off the top of my head, but 20% slower for 20% yeah. less money or something. But it's getting down into that viable price range. So it's like, hey, you can get the 40 series features and extras like DLSS 3's frame generation for $600 now. So, I mean, it's... It's not like a universal win. I think I, I said it's probably the best of the 40 series in terms of pricing right now. Um, and I worry that anything lower than the 4070 is going to kind of suck. Yeah. Your, your 8 gigabyte RX 580 might have just as much RAM as a 4060 if the rumors prove correct. Wait, so <laughs> that, that means it's going to be just as good then, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that's all that matters. In Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my impression, too. It's not good or bad. Uh, I took the 4080 and the 4070i to task pretty hard in my reviews. Uh, for the 4070, it's like, well, you know, this is. It exists. Like, it, it's nothing exciting, really, about it. I'm kind of bummed out of the idea of paying $600 for a 1440p GPU in 2023. But for the way the world is today, there are definitely some people who will buy it on it. It's very power efficient, great for 1440p gaming. Uh, but, like, it's still 600 bucks. <laughs> it's basically a 3080, yeah. like, in terms of performance. But it uses a third less power and and costs $100 less, and it has frame generation. And it's like, okay, you know, it, it's not horrible. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess not not being angry is, like, a good thing. I mean, it seems like that's, okay, actually. I mean, but not not horrible. Not horrible is actually kind of good, right? Kind of like the way it's going at this at this age. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the the graphics card market as a whole has just been curious lately because there's these rumors swirling about lots of unsold previous gen GPUs. Um, if they're if they're out there and they're not being sold, I'm like, shouldn't they be clearing these suckers out by now? Mm. Uh, but you know, the the stats suggest that the 40 series is not flying off the shelves, and neither is the 7900 series, and so. I mean, PC sales in general are way down, right? So right. there's the ID, IDG or whoever said. IDG, they, they, who's that? Uh, what, what's their name? IDC. Any, the, the company that said that Our PC sales were down like 35% compared to last year. Like that's huge. And, and that includes businesses and other people as well. But, right. you know, graphics card sales are down. SSD sales are down, memory sales are down, everything is down. And so, you know, if NVIDIA was hoping to sell millions of these, maybe they're not right now. Maybe people are taking the like, yeah, I'll just sit tight for a while, especially if you upgraded during COVID. You know, yeah. you probably have a decent GPU that you overpaid for because of mm. crypto mining. But I, I was really curious to see how the launch of this went. Because other than the 4090, this is the one RTX 40 series GPU where I'm like, all right, I could see somebody buying this. Uh, and they are still on the shelves. They did not sell out whatsoever. And I was really curious to see how it went. 
uh, and they did not sell out. Although, I mean, you know, it's hard to say what that means because we don't know how many units were shipped in to the, True. You know, the channel, as they like to say. And also, that being that being said, all the graphics card launches right up through the pandemic. It's obviously the pandemic threw everything out of whack. But even the generations before that, twenty series, ten series, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you expect these cards to sell out and start trickling back into stock three to four weeks later, kind of right. a deal. That's what we had been seeing, and that's definitely not the case here. Right, and it it just make you wonder too. You know, I, I think the high end is kind of it feels like a lot of the high-end cards were introduced when people were so flush with cash everybody mm-hmm. was like looking things are were awesomeness 4090 at fifteen hundred dollars if you could get one was a great deal which is crazy but i kind of wonder if like that the mid-range is where it's going to be where it gets really ugly because you know you may be far more price sensitive in a in a six hundred dollar graphics card than you are at the fifteen hundred dollar level to you know disposable you know spending so i kind of wonder if that's a, at play here too because yeah definitely things are cratering but th- th- you know i think you bring up a really good point jared i i mean like i have to stop myself from buying more ssds like i need more ssds but like hey i got this p31 for 119 dollars which seemed like a good price and then it was like oh man i could 20 dollars more i could have got a gen 4 drive but if i would waited a month and i just like like the ssd prices go down the SSD vendors are like, clear them out, cut prices, move them, move them, right? Like memory, motherboard, everybody does it, but the graphics cards have defied gravity, especially NVIDIA graphics cards and also AMD new cards. They've defied gravity, and I don't understand it because if things aren't moving and they're on the shelves, there's got to be incentive to cut prices, but it's not happening. Well, and it's it's interesting because it's like, as far as I can tell, AMD is just putting the rest of the 7000 series on hold while they try and get rid of 6000 series. I mean, you know, their their reaction to the 4070 was like, hey, let's officially make sure that 6950 now can be bought for $600. And it's like the 6950 is still a fast card. You know, it, it's not going to be a great ray tracing card and all those other caveats. But for, for a lot of gamers, it's fine. It does use potentially, I mean, it depends on the model. I had one that used 400 watts, you know, uh, a lot of them are more like 350 watts, but, uh, you know, so it draws a fair amount of power. You need triple eight pin connectors, that sort of stuff. But, you know, that was their reaction. I'm like, if they're willing to cut the 6950 to $600, I feel like there's still a lot of unsold Navi 21 GPUs hanging around. Right. Yeah. And if those are hanging around, I'm like, are NVIDIA's really gone because they act kind of like they are? But I I just don't see how all the 3080, 3070, you know, stuff got sold out as quickly as it did. Like we saw prices coming down, prices coming down, and then the 4090 launched and all of a sudden the prices went back up. And I was like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> It was NVIDIA trying to make that, you know, the new family stack. Rather than replacing generationally, they even were putting out slides saying, meet the new family, 4090, 4080, 3080 Ti, 3080. It's like, that's not how that works. Well, I, I just don't see who would buy a 3080 at anywhere close to $700 for the last six months, like ever since the 4090 came out, because you could see the writing on the wall. And it's like, no, that should be a $500 or less graphics card now. The, the replacements are coming any time now. So why would you still buy them? But uh, yeah, it's it's been weird. So 
Yeah. Maybe it's, they're all going into AI. I, That's I, my guess. Musk bought them. It, it does make you wonder if they, because, you know, you know, at their press conference at the end of last year, Jensen was saying he thought that they would be in far better shape with, you know, managing a supply chain by December. And it's now four months in. So maybe things weren't as dire because a lot of people sort of predicted they have this like moving train, freight, freight cars of trains of graphics cards that they just can't stop that keep coming. But they've either managed to do something with them or maybe it wasn't as bad as people thought it was. I got to look at the prices of a 3080 now. They're hard to find actually these days, but yeah. So they, either they all sold out or I don't know. Like I, I kind of feel like there must have been some place that bought them, you know, like Dell bought all the 3080s or, or HP or, or all of them combined. And they just said, Hey, let's get rid of them and, and get them out into the, into the OEM systems. But yeah, I was about to say, I, I still feel like I see OEM systems or, um, uh, SIs still have 3080 options. Oh, really? Yeah. So I kind of wonder if they were just left holding the bag on those. So the thing that's interesting to me talking about the 3080 is like Jared, you said earlier, uh, the 4070 is essentially a 3080 for $100 less or $100 more than 3070, however you want to look at it. Uh, But the interesting thing to me is the 3080 is kind of lagging in some games at 4K now because it only had the 10 gigabyte frame buffer, which a lot of reviewers called out the second that it launched like, hey, this seems like a you know, a little skimpy for a $800 graphics card. Uh, but interestingly, the 4070, they designed that GPU to have a very narrow memory bus and still, you know, only 12 gigabytes of RAM in a $600 card seems kind of skimpy in 2023, considering the games that we're doing. So I think the 4070 isn't going to hold up well for 4K gaming over time. I think, like, if you're looking at this card, it specifically is 1440 gaming. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a little weird because the consoles aren't pushing beyond, you know, yes the consoles have 16 gigabytes of memory, but it's shared and so really they're they're kind of like a 12 gigabyte graphics card is how I view it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, until something changes there, the console side's not going to push us beyond 12 gig. I think for a lot of things, 12 gigs still fine, you know, mm-hmm. and if you're doing 4K with DLSS, you can get away with some things too, but um, the, the problem is like, you know, they, they made a narrower memory bus, you know, the, the 3080, the 3090 were 384 bit, 320 bit. And all of a sudden we've, we've cut way down to a 192 bit. They can do that because they've got this big L2 cache and I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. But a 192 bit interface all of a sudden makes all these other things kind of not possible. Like you can do 12 gigabytes of RAM. Or you could do 24 if you do clamshell mode and stick memory on both sides of the PCB, but that's expensive. That's the thing you do on professional cards. You do it on the 3090. You don't do it on a 4070. And so, you know, going below the 4070, I'm like, if we've got 192 bit on 4070, what happens at 128 bit? Because we have the exact same problem. And AMDs is they're going to have this problem too. I'm like, if you mm-hmm. do 192 bit bus. You basically make it a 12 gigabyte card. That's your only viable option until people start making four gigabyte memory chips for GDDR6, GDDR6X, and I don't think that's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the issue for me is more, I think, uh, 12 gigabyte, I think, 
will largely like I wouldn't feel comfortable buying a card I want for 4K gaming that has 12 gigabytes at this point. So to me, the issue is you get the 12 gigabytes and the narrow memory bus. So that makes this a 1440p card. And whatever AMD's response is, if it's priced appropriately for a 1440p card, cool. But I'm just kind of worried that AMD's kind of playing follow the leader with prices this generation. So we might wind up in a rough spot all the way down. <laughs> yeah, like I could I could see like a six, uh, sorry, 7800 series, 7800 XT, maybe doing 16 gigabyte. Mm-hmm. And then the 7700 XT would logically drop to 12 gigabyte it's in that same ballpark and so that's the question is like will the 7700 then be sub 500 dollars and the 7800 will be around 600 dollars and what kind of performance do they offer and all those other questions um i mean my yeah i'm like if you're doing 4k gaming i'm like well it's hard to say buy the 4090 because it's so dang expensive (laughs) but at, at the same time like do you really want to spend twelve hundred dollars on a forty eighty? I'm like, if you could spend twelve hundred dollars, shoot, save the extra four hundred dollars up and buy the forty ninety because that's the Halo card and and it's fast and crazy fast in everything. The thirty seven uh, forty seventy Ti not super exciting. Forty seventy definitely not exciting because we're now at last generation performance. You know, to twenty twenty when the thirty eighty launched, it was a four K capable card. Three years later, it's like, yeah, not, not really. What do you think about DLSS 3? That seems to be the uh, thing that NVIDIA is hitching a lot of its you know, ambitions on this generation. It's not complete BS, right? But it's also not – it's not what the marketing slides show you. That's, that's the fact. Like, they show, oh, look, it's 70 frames per second, and DLSS 3 takes you up to 120 or whatever. And it's like, well, the frames to screen is 120, but half of those frames have no new user input. And so the, the reality is when I play games with the LSS3, it feels like a 50% improvement in reported frame rates is like a 10 to 20% improvement in the feel of the game. And, and I also say, you know, like if someone's looking over your shoulder, watching the screen while you play, they'll go, yeah, that looks smoother. <laughs> but for the person playing it, especially if you start following like if you're down in the sub 60 range or or just right around 60 that might mean your base frame rate is 40 or 35 and 35 doubled to 60 with frame generation still feels like 35 yeah and so it's it's not like amazing and so i i actually tested the 4070 in uh cyberpunk overdrive and at 4k frame generation kind of broke with native rendering because the base performance was five frame or no, it was eight frames per second, something like that. Oh. And frame generation pushed that to 12, but like it was totally corrupted screen. And I don't, maybe it's just a bug in cyberpunk overdrive, but Technically, it, it, it didn't work. And, and it, it's like, you actually need with frame generation, you need to be well above 60 to make it feel smooth in my book. Yeah. I, I and I I've messed around a little bit with that frame generation, uh, and it's 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 weird. It's interesting. <laughs> the, the the latency, the input latency is is there's something about it that's just a little off. I mean, it's it's definitely cool that you're getting more frames, but yeah, you definitely feel it in a different way. It's it's really hard to quantify. Really hard to quantify. Is it something you'll get used to eventually as these kind of you know artificial frames are 
are continuing to get pushed forward because uh or is it or is it just something where you you could just like you're saying you may get 50 percent more frames that only may feel like 25 percent more maybe that's the better way to think about it I'm just i think 25 to is generous oh okay. yeah <laughs> I, I feel it's more like 10 to 15 percent in in reality i mean it depends on I the game streamers... style too right i mean like flight sim yeah racing well, that's just it like in flight simulator that's like the great one for frame generation where it's like oh look you're getting 140 frames per second now instead of 70 and it's like yeah but of all the games that don't need 140 frames per second <laughs> like flight simulator is right near the top it's like this is a slow you know well casual not casual but a relaxing game at times and i'm like well yeah you're not a twitch fps gamer with flight simulator. Well, um, but I would still say on the other side of that, it also doesn't need quick input response or maybe I'm flying yeah. wrong. So I would say actually that's kind of the best place for it where I can't, me personally, I couldn't imagine using it on an online shooter, like anything yeah. where you're competitive and it really matters to have the input latency. It's not just about high frame rates. It's about the, the input latency as well. And like, I Which can't, is, I can't imagine that. It's the irony of NVIDIA's whole marketing because like, they were pushing reflex and pushing lower latency and saying, it's not just about high frame rates. It's about low latency. Then all of a sudden they like did the reverse and they're like, Oh, and here's frame generation that adds latency. And they, then they said, well, but to do DLSS three, you have to support reflex. And so they get this like net, you didn't, really lose uh, get worse on latency but at the same time i'm like yeah but the the competitive people are going to say thanks for the reflex i'm turning off frame generation yeah right as, as we were as we were waiting uh i did a poll did you buy an rtx 4070 uh it's <laughs> almost 200 votes uh four percent said yes 64 percent said not interested which is fine uh seven percent said still might and 24 percent said not enough vram huh. so at least in in this you know limited polling scenario, there, there's people right. concerned about the the VRAM. I hear that, especially with the games that we've been seeing recently. Like we had that big chat with Brad Shoemaker recently, where we talked about that quite a bit. But to me, this is clearly a 1440p graphics card, and I would be fine with 12 gigabytes on a 1440p. Again, the fact that it's six hundred dollars burns. Like that would not hurt as much if it was five hundred or less. But there, there was a report today that said Nvidia may be incentivizing card makers to basically allow them to drop the price another fifty dollars. I'm like, so yeah, five fifty. Um, that helps. I mean, every every little bit helps. Like I, I kind of said I called it a a mainstream GPU in our review, and I'm like. It, it hurts to call it mainstream because, like, you know, I'm, I'm like, it's the middle of the road. You've got the 4090, 4080, 4070, 4060, 4050 coming. I'm like, it, I guess it's the middle of the pack, but I'm like, effectively, it feels like NVIDIA is going, well, we now start with the 4050 in the future at mainstream pricing. There is no budget GPU anymore. And, you know, the former high end becomes the new mainstream and then the former enthusiast becomes a high end. And then we still have your $1,600 cards and probably we'll get a Titan at some point, just because why not 48 gigabytes and a Titan RTX ADA. That sounds lovely. It does $3,000. I'll use it for video production. That's, that's for damn sure. I, I still can't understand why the hell, you know, 
you would think is spread. I mean, I guess we are seeing it because, I mean, we we have to recognize that you know everything has gone up in price. You know, they're paying more for the dyes from TSMC. Everything is more expensive. Again, classic. The price of your cereal has gone up fifty percent over the last three years. Our inflation has been insane. So I, I get that. I get all that, which I think it has to be said. But at the same time, mm-hmm. that's the same thing going on for SSD makers, DRAM makers, and they are slashing prices to move product. I I just I just don't understand why the GPUs don't seem to compete as much. Although you have to be honest, you got to be fair. Uh, Intel has done a good job competing with Arc, and AMD and and, and Intel are mixing it up pretty good to low end. But I, I just don't understand why NVIDIA has been generally pretty immune to this. You know, or is it, well, I, is it ever going to catch also, up with them? Also, the, a follow-up question, I wonder if NVIDIA is like, you know what, I, we don't even we don't even want to play at the low end anymore. What, what if they just become kind of like an Apple, right? Apple, they, they've always said they don't play at the low end. They just want to compete, you know, yeah. in high end. Could, could that be a case too? They'd like to. I mean, that's, that feels like what they're trying to do on some level. You know, like I said, you know, the last new budget GPU we got from NVIDIA, I mean, I guess you can say the 1630, but the 1650 was really the last one. And that came out in 2019 or 2018, 2019, I think. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that was a $160 card that then shot up to $300 for the pandemic crypto mining craze. But, uh, but they haven't. You know, the 3050 was 250 sort of dollars. I think it's finally now available for that. But that's as low as they seem willing to go on new stuff. Otherwise, it's like, oh, yeah, we've still got some old Turing parts we'll get rid of for $150. But we're not going below 250 on the new stuff. And and I kind of get that because it's like, well, even if you like the GPU chip isn't even a major cost for the whole board at that point, because you've got to get your cooler and fans and, you know, VRMs and all those things get put on the, even a budget card. And so it's like, well, how much money can you make? Yeah, you can try and do volume, but you're also competing competing with all these old GPUs on volume. So, you know, why get a GTX 1650 when you can go out and buy an RX 580 for 300 or what do you pay 130 dollars <laughs> which is i mean I it's guess got eight the, gigs, the, of, gigs of vram it's good yeah it's it's a fine car <laughs> i mean it's it's not efficient compared to the latest stuff but it will it will do what you need it to do in most cases you know it's really it's really hard these days like to get into pc gaming like i know kids my my daughters are teenagers, so I know kids who want to get into it. They got into it big over the pandemic, but with all these new cards coming out for this much, like you were saying, everything's going up. When you got to choose between, you know, fifty percent more for your cereal or paying six hundred dollars for a fourteen forty p graphics card and getting the Xbox One S, like it's hard. <laughs> it's it's almost like we flipped where during the the mining boom and all that kind of stuff, we had a problem with the. Uh, the, the prices of the GPUs going everywhere and everyone had disposable income ready to buy, but there was not, not enough around. Now there's a, plenty of GPUs out there, but people don't have to put disposable income because we're in a bad market. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's the way the game works, apparently. <laughs> the other weird thing, too, is, you know, we saw NVIDIA launch full stack 
mobile. That's the ES. 4050 all the way up to 4090. I can't think of the last time that mobile launched before desktop. Desktop's always been out first, I think, right? I mean, I'm, I guess maybe there's some... Are they kind of 3050 and 3050 Ti? Yeah. You get that? But like, but... I mean, 10 series and, I mean, it's, mobile's always generally been secondary. It's just funny to see 4050, 4060, and you know, these things are all cut down from, from the desktop versions anyway, but it's just interesting to see everything for laptop out, but desktop still lagging to, to move into the lower range. I feel like part of that is, you know, for better or worse, consumers, people are, the buyers are in the mindset of like laptops need to be replaced every three or four years. They just don't last. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if you don't ever travel with it, then yeah, maybe they last longer, but they've got smaller fans. They're more compact. There's all these things, the hinges break, things Things go bad. And so it becomes like your phone where you're like, ah, oh, it's two years old. It's time to replace it. It's three years. And so, you know, getting into budget laptops maybe becomes a far better prospect for NVIDIA than getting into budget desktops because budget desktops, mm. what is that even? You know, yeah. there's mm. the guy with the Sandy Bridge chip going, ah, I still want to keep my old system. It works fine. I don't need more than four cores. Actually, we we just built a, a PC for somebody who said that last week? <laughs> yeah, no, you, you got a really good point because I, I mean, look, you get a complete. It's, I mean, it's an MSI thin. It's on the G4 side, but it's a MSI thin with an RTX 4050 laptop GPU. By the way, laptop uppercase because it's different. An Intel Core i5 12th gen, which is like whatever. There's not any difference anyway. 15.6 inch screen, 16 gigs of DDR4, 512 gig SSD for, but 9.99. You know, honestly, for a you know, a top 10 Steam game, it's 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 probably very doable for a lot of people. And by the way, I'm looking, yeah. there there aren't any games here. I mean, maybe GTA 5 is the most stressful of the game, of of all the games on the top 10, so. By the way, I, I looked in Hogwarts other thing Legacy they, is uh, oh. dropped considerably far off the, the top 10, so. Oh, oh. It, it was popular for a little while. Makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, like once you finish the game, you finish the game. Yeah, it's like it's like so many others. But yeah, I mean, the other thing is you've also got like, why even buy a graphics card? Maybe you should just put your money into GeForce Now subscription and, mm-hmm. you know, get the extra latency. But like 20, well, like what is it? If you buy in a monthly thing, it ends up being, is it 20 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month? I think it's $10 uh, for the 4080. Yeah. And it's like it's it's not the same as a forty eighty running locally for sure, but gosh, you can play it on any laptop and not have to do the computation on the laptop. All you need is a good internet connection with no data cap, I guess. But uh, you know, a forty eighty that's that's a lot of months of subscription at, at twenty dollars a month. Even it's still a long time. Yeah. I'm sorry, forty eighty is uh, twenty dollars a month. Yeah, if you pay monthly yeah, or, or, or hundred, two hundred bucks a year. Yeah, two hundred a year. Yeah, yeah, and I do like New Tech actually says a good point because people want to own their own hardware, and I I do think a lot of gamers they want I, they want the they want the local pixels. You know, they they don't want to deal with latency. There's just something about you know yeah. you having your machine with the RGB in it, and it really is nice versus playing it streamed. I, I just still think as as wonderful as GeForce Now is, it's it's still not going to be a gamer's first choice if they can if they can pick having a machine in front of them. So. Yeah. 
Well, I, I'm still a, get, a desktop gamer. I'm just saying, like, if, yeah. if you're looking at a gaming laptop, you know, they're big, they're heavy, they get poor battery life, all these all these disclaimers, I'm like, that's where I'd be like, gosh, if, if you could, if you can deal with the extra latency of GeForce now, I would rather buy a $600 Costco laptop with everything that I need for non-gaming purposes and stream games to it than worry about trying to find, you know, because what do you pay for a good gaming laptop? Like a 40, 50, eh, it's it's okay, but it's not going to be super fast because the mobile 40, 50 is probably going to perform like a, a desktop 30, 50. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be super fast. I, you know, you probably, I mean, depends on the experience, but you know, you can get a decent gaming laptop for I would say thirteen hundred. You get a step up, yeah, right. So, but you definitely are stepping up to, you know, fourteen hundred dollars probably for a laptop. And of course, it, 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 laptops have gotten pricier too. So, I just don't. It's, it's just, it's just so such a weird time. It feels like still, which you thought we would, we would now course corrected because. You know the whole the whole mining thing is not ruining the experience, but things are still not settled in. But I mean, a lot of this is because I was talking with Adam about this on the ride in. Nvidia has they they have just too much brand cash, like cachet. People are gonna buy Nvidia no matter what, and they know it, right? Even though and it's right, it's the AI side too, right? Like that's the next big thing, and AI is. You know, I've played around with enough AI things now trying to get projects running and something that takes you literally five minutes to get working on an NVIDIA GPU, you can pull your hair out and spend days trying to make it work on AMD and possibly even longer trying to make it work on Intel. And it's like, yeah, if you're a great software developer, maybe you can figure out how to port the CUDA project to open Vino and run it on an ARC GPU, but... At the same time, I'm like, uh, there's this huge marketplace of of GeForce users with RTX cards that have Tensor cores, and so stable diffusion, text generation, like all these things, run super easily on NVIDIA and are pain in the butt to get working on AMD, and almost impossible to get working on Intel. Is how it feels. Hmm. And it really, I mean, and AI it, is that buzzword right now. So yeah. And that makes me wonder if that's part of the reason why prices are staying up so high with it blowing up as hard and as fast as it has. Because I was just reading a report the last couple of days saying OpenAI needs like 40,000 of the A100 NVIDIA GPUs. So if we're like, we're not going to buy the 4070, that's only good for 1440p and 600 bucks. They're like, fine, we use all the dies for these OpenAI projects then. And, you know, Twitter was talking about they just bought 10,000 GPUs like that, like. I have a feeling we're probably bottom of the barrel and going to be getting stuck with high prices. Yeah, I mean, like if an H100 can sell for thirty to forty thousand yeah. dollars, and they have Elon Musk and crew companies like that going, "Hey, we want ten thousand of those," you know, versus Joe Blow Gamer going, "Hey, I want a good four hundred dollar graphics card to upgrade my, you know, four year old twenty eighty. And it's like, well, good luck. Good luck getting NVIDIA to prioritize you these days because they're looking at self-driving cars and AI research and data center and going, that's the, that's what we like. And I don't, I don't know that it stays that way forever. Like I, I, there's a lot of buzz around AI. Um, 
not that some of it's not warranted, but you, you do wonder how long that lasts. Right. Yeah. Cause it, it is, we're definitely in the hype hype mode right now, which we know it comes back to reality eventually. But I do wonder, you know, cause I think there's a lot of belief that NVIDIA just doesn't care about gamers. And I, I fundamentally, I yeah, I've, I've watched NVIDIA for 20 plus years now and they've, they're, they know where their bread is buttered, and they know that this audience will always be there. So I, I disagree that they don't care about gamers. I think they're always going to be there, a big part of their business. But it, it does make me think, like, they have to do a really careful balancing act because they have to serve their shareholders, but they also... Gamers just don't bring in the bacon like AI will for the next five, ten years, right? So you got to surface that while it's hot. But then... I still think it matters. I, I do wonder, like, even the, you know, kind of the thought, like, because a lot of people are really, they really want 16 gigs frame buffer. They want, you know, they want more RAM. And then there's a question of, like, wh- why do this? I wonder if part of the math is, if, if is it, is it, they if they put more VRAM in these cards, then it ends up being, you know what, people are going to use it to build cheap AI farms. And they end up in the same situation where, now, gamers, by putting more memory in, which gamers want, now suddenly all of the, the cheap AI people are buying these cards up and we're in the exact same situation we've been at for the last three years where you can't get the damn cards, you know? I really have to wonder, like, especially the 4090, like, I don't know how many cards NVIDIA has made. But, you know, if you look at the Steam hardware survey, it says a quarter of the Steam hardware's survey respondents had a 4090 and i'm like okay we don't necessarily know what that means and the hardware surveys statistics for march seemed like they were foobar yes (laughs) i'm like what happened there uh did you change your algorithm or did you just screw up but but so a quarter of the the gamers are supposedly running a quarter of a percent of gamers supposedly have a 4090 but i'm like i wouldn't be surprised if five to ten times as many 4090s got sold to AI people, researchers. I mean, like when I, I poking around at text generation, um, this like local chat GPT alternative, and I got into some discords with guys and they're all sitting there talking about how, I mean, like, I feel like my systems are pretty good. They all have 32 gigabytes of Ram and you know, I've got, I've got a 4090 if I want to put it in there, all that stuff. Right. And these guys are like, yeah, I just upgraded 64 gigabytes, but I need 128 gig. And you know, they're, they're crazy. And there were a lot of people in there talking like this. And I'm like going, wow. Like that was a whole different mindset where they were just like, yeah. 32 gigs, not even remotely enough. I need to run this large language model that has to have 128 gigs. I mean, when are we, if if we go beyond say 24 gigabytes of video memory, like I feel like it doesn't make sense to go beyond that unless your system also has at least 64 gigs of RAM. And I don't really feel like I need that. Um, No. Not it's funny. This is this is kind of uh, when Gordon was out the other day. Brad Shoemaker was on. That was kind of my uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory of the day, because uh, we were talking about you know the buzzwords going around uh, were planned obsolescence at the time, uh, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. That's not necessarily why Nvidia has been putting less RAM than competitors in recent years. But I would not be surprised if it's 
to put AI researchers and creative folks who also need that kind of frame buffer, you know, on the more expensive cards. Yeah, right. you want you want twenty four gigabytes and a thirty ninety fine sixteen hundred dollars. That's still a chunk of change. You want forty eight gigabytes? Have our eight thousand dollar card. <laughs> Uh, hmm. I do, uh, but uh, a friend of the show, VC Jester, gave us a $5 super chat. Thanks so much. Said, uh, just wait until AI re- redirects all the GPU shipments to the mother server. Then we're real, real <laughs> Uh Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, RTX 4070, it's the the lowest. It exists. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. I like the design of the Founders Edition. It's like a, the, yeah, finally 30, two slot. Well, the 3070, like they didn't do this on the 3070. They didn't have this nice plate. I like the I like the look of the Founders Editions. Like they're a they're, lot. They're classy looking card. Right. I do wish I do wish they'd managed to stick. I mean, for six hundred dollars, come on, give me the RGB right lighting. Give me the glowy logo and stuff. Oh, it doesn't have that. Wow. No, the, oh, you only get that in the well. I guess 4080 because there is no 4070 Ti Founders Edition. Right. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird because I, I think it's a better look than the 30 series, 3070, 3070 Ti. I mean, it's it's basically the same industrial design as the 3070 Ti and, 40, and 3080, but taken down to the 4070 tier. So I, I did like that. But uh, and, and the other card that I looked at was a PNY card. That was an MSRP model. I actually had that one here. This this was the other great thing. Like give wow. me my give me my single eight single pin. Eight single eight pin. pin. Like uh, that's that's great. And I had people when I mentioned that, they're like, that right there is a reason to buy that card. Problem is it's slower than the founders edition. It doesn't overclock as far. It's a little louder, like all these caveats. So yeah, I totally buy the founders edition if you can get one for six hundred dollars and you want a forty seventy. He's um, making I, it rough on partners with those founders edition. Yep. <laughs> and, and I wonder if that's why there is no forty seventy Ti founders edition. Like they threw them a bone and said, Okay, we won't make a forty seventy Ti. That will be all partner cards. It, it feels like uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I do want to say before we just move along from the physical design, uh, I freaking hate those adapters and I've hated those adapters yes. ever since they launched, like make them longer, make them shorter, something like I hate adapters in general, but the length of those plugs in particular look ugly in any PC with a case window on it. It's, it's actually just the right length. It's too long, but not, and also not too short. It's the exact, it's the exact length to always be ugly. Because you're yeah. always going to see it plug in, and it's always going to be in your sight line because there's no way to like hide it. And, and you have to worry about like don't put too much of a flex on that twelve uh, sixteen side pin side. cable because because it might it might pull out. And I actually I think I think I have a forty seventy Ti card where the little clip inside the sixteen pin socket is missing broken whatever like it was never there. So like I can pull the sixteen pin connector out just without having to try and i'm like oh that's that makes me feel good whoops is that adapter uh, two eight pins to the 12 volt high power yeah oh okay because that's wait wait so so the founders has two eight pins but all yeah all the or i also got a asus dual or whatever they call it and yeah that only has one eight pin <laughs> have you seen other other uh aibs with 47s that have two eight pin uh are you talking about two eight pin 
16 pin adapter or are you no, talking no. two eight pin native. on the card native on the card yeah native on the card i i think i'd have to unbox it <laughs> jared washington video cards oh look at that <laughs> should i unbox it and tell you what well, you I'm guys just talk amongst the, yourselves yeah, and I'm i'll tell you if it's got more high than... end ones have uh, this is this pin. is a factory overclocked uh gigabyte oh, card okay so so i'm curious because i haven't looked at it yet exclusive <laughs> i wonder who pays for the adapter well yeah. i guess i mean because most of them are most of them are shipping with the nvidia bundle adapter right so i'm kind of yes. wondering if who who eats that like i don't does it is it is it part of the kit does nvidia throw it in or do the vendors go you know what? Uh, if we can just do eight pins on this, we're gonna we're gonna not pay the extra. Well, you know, no, I, I I mean I haven't seen any forty seventies with the the twelve watt high power plug. It's all. I can't imagine being an an AIB and wanting the adapter. Yeah. for a forty seventy. Yeah, if it's not required. I felt like why. it was forced on them on the forty seventy Ti. To be honest. Yeah. Well, that was a three three eight pin. That was a that was a three. Three to the one. Forty seventy Ti is a dual eight pin to to oh. high power. The forty eighty was a triple eight pin. And that's why I say I'm like, when you're down to two eight pin connectors, I'm like, really, like, why the heck do we need this twelve volt high power? And we don't. Yeah, that's that's definitely weird. Also, watch out, Jared's got a knife. Uh, <laughs> it had a knife. Okay, we're gonna see here. Mm. This high end one. I'm gonna say it's got two eight pins. If it's a, if it's an overclock card, two that's, eight that's pins. what I would expect. Ta-da. So it's uh, gigabyte forty seventy. Yeah, Thanks for gonna... sending this. It will be reviewed once I get some time to test it. But uh, oh, I hear that. <laughs> we have a. I, you know, I had issues with my test bed too, and I had to go back and retest oh, a bunch of stuff. Oh, and the worst. And and it's well, it's not with the test bed. It's with games changing, and also you're like, oh, my my numbers clearly are not out. the same as they used to be. <laughs> I wish they had a benchmark mode in Steam because you know version control is one of the hardest things. It, in benchmarking, and you've not been able to do that since Steam showed up because you can't, yeah, you can't you, control it. You can't and, say, hey, leave me forever on this version of the game until I decide I want to upgrade. Yeah, and we know why because they figure, well, if you're going to try to pirate it, you're going to, you want the old version that plays doesn't have whatever updated version. So Live thank you, Pirates. All right, oh. here we go. Oh. You guys are going to be very disappointed. Oh, 3-8 oh, pin? Oh, oh, comes with the adapter. Wow, comes with the adapter. It's got the twelve volt high power. Interesting. Wow. Huh. So if the higher, well, that is. It's it, probably the forty seventy Ti design. Oh, just repurposed for forty seventy, right? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Scott Merrill says, "Been a lifelong Nvidia supporter, but enough is enough." You know what? You say that. And then you're like, I just can't quit you, man. Because you're like, you're looking at AMD, looking at Intel. I just, I think that just the strength of the brand is just like, it's been unbreakable. But, you know, they're definitely kind of pushing the limits of people, right? So, oh, there we go. So it's just. Is that the AORS? No, it's it's just a gigabyte gaming OC, it looks like. That's a beefy card, considering how the other ones are so much smaller. Oh, yeah, that looks like almost three slot, huh? Uh, or like two point yes. seven or something. It's uh, if it's if it's less than three, it's probably like two point nine or two point eight. Yeah, like it, it's a three slot card. So yeah, yeah. So my take, I, and I do want to mention this because when I heard six hundred dollars when it wasn't announced, I said, you know, 
I guess it's not that bad, right? Honestly, I didn't think it was that horrible because what 20 2070 was six five hundred dollars so well 2070 founders edition was six hundred yeah so i mean there, but, but, there's precedent people and, screamed bloody murder back then too we were very upset about it the, the people were like this is bullcrap you're you're giving us a founders edition with an extra hundred dollar price and then they they didn't do that with the 30 series founders editions but then I mean, I don't know. Like my my thought is on the one hand, like if you look at the 3070 Ti, it's a good upgrade in performance for the same price. But at the same time, I didn't like the 3070 Ti because it was power hungry and it wasn't that much faster than the 3070. And so I'm like, why did it exist? Well, it existed because of cryptocurrency miner. It, it became a $600 card, a way to raise prices. The 3080 Ti, that should have been an $800 replacement for the 3080, but cryptocurrency made it into a $1,200 card. Now we're stuck with a $1,200 4080, and it's like, well, that's that stinks. I mean, NVIDIA's not... Their their costs didn't go up that much that they need to pr- charge these prices. They they just can. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's weird, because I'm, I'm like, as enthusiast as they get, obviously. You know, I'm working for PC World for a reason. Uh, and I buy the high end 3080 Ti ish card every generation. Like I, I did spend 1200 bucks on 3080 Ti in the midst of all this going on. But I think I'm off the train this, this generation for the first time in a long time. You're like just I just can't print. pay these prices. No, I'm going to wait and see what's going on next gen. Like it's getting a little too out of hand for me. I, like I, I have no interest in paying $1200 for a 4080. Zero. <laughs> I wonder if the reality is that that's what I want to know because. I think that's the only thing that forces prices down, right? Is you just, you're not moving product. They're they have to cut prices, but you know, they have that relief valve in AI obviously as an option. But I mean, I, I kind of wonder if that's what's feeding it. If AI wasn't now again, sort of this background eating up all the cards, if they would feel more pressure to, to cut prices, to be a little more competitive with AMD and Intel. But I guess the thing is that there's still, <laughs> they just, I mean, that is, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying this because I'm NVIDIA fanboy, but I mean, the value for NVIDIA from CUDA to AI, and they just lead, there's, there's, they just have all these really big pluses over Intel and AMD that I, I do see, like, it's just hard for a lot of people to say, no, I'm, I'm done, right? Because I just. Even for gamers, even for gamers, gamers like right? DLSS 3, I agree 100%. Everything you said about that, I agree, Jared. I'm very susceptible to feel and responsiveness, so. That was one of my big issues with DLSS three, but DLSS three still rocks. Like it's making the games much more visual smooth. Uh, Nvidia Reflex rocks. Nvidia Broadcast rocks. Like they do have killer features, but like I'm not paying twelve hundred bucks for forty eighty. <laughs> this is your ten core Broadwell point. That was when that was the yeah. hubris. The one thousand seven hundred twenty three. I remember that price. Like I don't remember any prices except for the. Core i7 6950X, $1,723, because it was like, well, I, I guess, what are you going to do? What are you going to buy? There's nothing else to buy. So they really, that was really the inflection point, I feel like, because like that came out, Ryzen came out, broke everything, and mm-hmm. and nobody has really given NVIDIA that run for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess. Maybe one of these uh, more threads or whatever Chinese GPUs will. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> right? I mean, the the way the U.S. Re- sanctions are kicking in on China, though, I, I'm not expecting to see anything come out of China that's faster than what we have from AMD, Intel, NVIDIA. Right. 
No, no. And then it's just, it's also impossible because they are just, they have leads in so many critical areas that I think it's, there's just no way anybody could, any, anybody else not named AMD, maybe Intel can at least give them some competition. But it's interesting. There's that interview where AMD said like, we never thought somebody would try to sell a $1,500 GPU and we just didn't think it was right or whatever. But <laughs> I mean, video sold, man, they already sold a lot of them, right? They, at that point, they sold a hundred thousand as of four months ago. So I'm sure they're like up to like, you know, 150, 200 K now. And that's of like a $1,800 graphics card. So <laughs> if they had scaled the 7,900 XTX up to uh 4090 competitor, that thing would have, You'd have, all your flips and your breaker would have popped at once. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was them doing some good marketing. <laughs> <laughs> they really, I guess they really just did not think NVIDIA would go that far. And the thing is, NVIDIA, it looks like there was more headroom, right? Because 4090 could have, the platform's already I think, I think we're still going to see it. I, I think I think we're going to get those stupid 600-watt Titan cards. <laughs> <laughs> 4090 Ti, here we come. And I, I don't know if it'll be a 4090 Ti or a Titan or both, but yeah, I, I think they're going to raise the power limits. You're going to maybe even see, like, I don't think you'll get the official boost clock listed at 3 gigahertz, but I think with the extra power, they could, they could push, you know, because they say, oh, our boost clock is 25 uh, 60 megahertz, and then it runs at 2.8, right? So I'm like, they'll say, hey, this is a 2.85, and it will run at 3. I think we'll actually probably see that with their crazy 4090 Ti Titan, whatever it is. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Why even I think it, AMD... The, the other thing is, you know, it's, it's that mindshare, market share. NVIDIA has the market lead and they can create a $1,600 graphics card. AMD, if they create a $1,600 graphics card or even an $1,100 graphics card, it doesn't sell nearly as well. Even if it's competitive in performance in some respects, it, it, they just don't have that cachet and the design, the people are out there going, yeah, we want the, the crazy top of the line AMD card. They'll do that for NVIDIA. Yeah. I mean, how do you get people to break that habit, though, right? Because it's just really, I mean, it took it took years and years and years of Ryzen to be awesome as it was for people to, like, leave Intel. But, you know, they, they clearly have in a lot of ways now, but that took a long time to do it. And it feels like AMD's not even been competitive with NVIDIA at the high I, end. So I feel like their CPU got more of their efforts in the past few years. Like, their their GPUs aren't bad, but they they're just realizing like, hey, we can compete with Intel, and you know, hey, we make a chip that's this big, and we sell it for six hundred dollars. Versus we make a chip and a board and everything else that's you know way more expensive to produce, and we sell it for eight hundred dollars. I'm right. like, yeah, you know, the the economies of scale. It's like CPUs are a way better breadwinner if you can if you can sell enough of them. So, <laughs> or you sell it for fifteen hundred dollars. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just I can't say. Well, I mean, maybe that kind of makes me wonder, like, because, you know, Jensen is going to keynote at Computex. Would they drop a 4090 Ti or a Titan there just because it I, feels like I you think break, that's if he's coming out, he's going to want to come out 
you know, guns blazing, right? You think maybe? 40-50. I mean, it seems 40, like just 50. a 40-60 and 40-50 launch. <laughs> Although he did get on stage 60 is coming. It's, I think 40-60 could come in May and 40-50 in June, but... Like, uh, no one gets excited about the 50 series and 60 series. <laughs> right. Uh, especially if, you know, I, I still don't see how they do more than 8 gig of RAM and 6 gig of RAM if they're looking at a 128-bit and 96-bit interfaces. So uh, as bad as a 12-gigabyte card might sound, it'd be a lot tougher to sell a 6-gigabyte card as a 4050. But yet the laptop 3050s were and 3050 Ti's were only four gigabytes. Like they're garbage. I I did not like those, and people still buy them because they're an RTX 3050. Yeah, the interesting thing about mobile too is they often ladle on the the video memory. I mean, like it's like sometimes you would get like I think the 3080 came with 16 gigs. 3080 mobile. They did have one of those. Yeah. It was kind of like what, why? But you know, because <laughs> you know most of the laptops were gaming laptops, so. 1080p 240 hertz it didn't it's like it's like why would you have 16 gigs of ram on it and i mean so that they could charge three thousand dollars for their gaming laptop yeah i mean that that does make that that it's kind of silly but like what the hell do you need 16 gigs on a mobile 3080 for but <laughs> people like you know it worked right why do you need you know an 8 gig arc 480 right so that was that was a thing people sold um, Brett, I know you need to pop off. I've got uh, I've got two super chats that I want to get to before before you get out of here. Uh, okay. One of them. Oh crap! Oh, it wasn't the super chat. Somebody. I'm sorry. I can't remember who it was. Uh, asked, did you upgrade to a 5800x 3D on your your home system yet? I have not yet. Wow. Okay. All right. Still like we were talking about, all the, all the all the prices are going up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, we had a, a couple super chats from a friend of the show, Den- Denevra one G one actually gave a super chat last week. And I, I remembered I was going to bring it up. It's, it's all pretty much in, in the same line. Uh, they want your opinions on the 4090 being the best value of the 40 series. Uh, and they point out that the 4070 TI is half the price, but less than half the card. Historically, a card like this would be 40 to 25% of the price of the top card. Uh, so what do we think? Do we think 4090 is the 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 value king of the 40 series so far? It's not a value king, but it's <laughs> like you, you can make the you can make the argument. Like if if you're willing to go high end, then you know as soon as you get to the 4070, you go well. I could go to the 4070 Ti, then the 4080, and if you're going to the 4080, like why not end up at the 4090? Um, so I I think That's the two. Jump. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the only two cards that are super interesting for most people right now are going to be the 4090 and the 4070. And I think the 4060 potentially becomes more interesting if it's priced well enough. But I have lots of questions and concerns about what it might end up being. So, yeah, I, I think sticking with the 30 series and waiting out this generation is also totally viable. You know, if you're on a 20 series or or a 10 series or whatever, then maybe it's time to upgrade. But if if you can just hold out until the another two years and wait for the Blackwell GPUs to arrive, maybe maybe the pendulum will swing the other way and we won't get as much crazy pricing. I do find it interesting how the uh, 4090 only went up $100 in price despite having way more technology in it which is the exact same thing that the 4070 did. Uh, and the two cards in the middle are hundreds of dollars for. 
than their predecessors. <laughs> yeah. It so makes, it definitely seems like they're trying to push you up the stack there. <laughs> it makes you wonder if they kind of said like, oh, we could have gone $1,700. And like, you know, like, because the next, you know, if it's sold so well at $1,500, it makes you wonder like, you know, we could push it up even higher. So I, I have a it question. It sold well for a while. I think, yeah. I think they're done. Like the, the initial wave is passed and, you know, you can readily go out and find cards, 40, 90 cards at MSRP. So right. if yeah. all the AI people wanted them, the ones who wanted them bought them. And now, now they're sitting on shelves waiting for regular Joes to try and convince themselves to spend $1,600. <laughs> well, hopefully that pushes prices down now because, you know, because once you do get that buildup of inventory, they're going to want to move them. So they could take some haircuts, hopefully. That might be a good sign. Of it. So I have a question, though, because I always, for me, I took this controversial position where I recommended 2080 over 1080 Ti because I always want forward-looking features because I think it's it's <laughs> worthwhile. My feeling is they always service the new things. For 4070 versus a, a 3070 Ti or a 3080 do you think it's worth going for forty seventy over that? Because for the because I always think forward looking. That's what's yes. going to get the like service. If if you don't have the thirty eighty already, right. absolutely. If you don't have it, if you look because people are I looking mean, at yeah. Even if you have someone saying, "I'll sell you a, a like if you could prove it, it's in good condition, right? Like it, it hasn't been run to inches with within inches of its life." Um, a thirty eighty for five hundred dollars or forty seventy for six hundred dollars. I would still want the forty seventy because it's got two gigabytes extra memory it's got dlss3 it's got you know some the ray tracing is better uh not not like not like that it looks better but uh in cyberpunk 2077 overdrive mode i i have a performance article up on that today and um and you know there's a lot of games where the 3080 just edges the 4070 in overdrive mode, which is throwing tons of rays at the problem um, because of the things like shader execution reordering and opacity micro maps and all these other fun technology things that NVIDIA has created. I'm like, yeah, it, it actually, it can be significantly faster. I, I mean, like it's not 50% faster, but it's like 10 to 20% faster. And so I'm like, and, and that's without DLSS3 being turned on. So yeah, with, with frame gen, even if it's a little bit smoke and mirrors, at, <laughs> they're smooth smoke and mirrors. <laughs> for me, for me, well, if I was shopping in that price range today, I can't go too long because I really just leave it. But it, uh, it would depend on what I want to do with my graphics card. Because at that price range, if I, like, to me, the 4070 is the NVIDIA card I would get at that mm -hmm. price range. Uh, but you got to ask yourself, are you going to be playing on 1440p? Because I consider that a 1440p graphics card. How much do you care about the extra features? How much do you care about ray tracing DLSS? Because if not, to me, the viable alternatives would be something like a 6800 XT or that 6950 XT if you wanted the beefier 4K memory subsystem, if you wanted all the capacity and stuff like that, that's where you would make your decision. And there are a lot of people, I, I know people in real life who have no interest in playing with DLSS or ray tracing. They just want to get a graphics card, you know, run it native and have it looking good. And if you're one of those people, AMD might be a viable alternative. But if you're looking for NVIDIA, 4070 over any of those last-gen models. Uh, also, for, for the show, Ruru 2 points out the uh, the power draw is significant savings on the 4070 versus oh. 3080. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I got to go. It was nice talking to you guys. It was nice seeing you, See Jared. You, Brad. Thanks, Brad. See you, Brad. I, I, have, I have a kid's track meet. Sorry, y'all. All right. Go <laughs> run whatever team faster. Run. <laughs>
we'll, we'll hang out with the East Coasters. Um, and then uh, we Jared's got, Instagram. We got yeah more stuff to talk about. And by the I way, lots of stuff. Jared, uh, where can I read that article that you wrote uh, on the path tracing? It's on tomshardware.com slash features slash cyberpunk hyphen 2777. It's just search for Tom's Hardware and it's on the front page. Wait, that's Tom, tomshardware.com. Tomshardware.com. Yes, Tom's and also, hardware. by the way, Tom's Hardware YouTube channel. Go over there, like, and subscribe. Great content. Jared, he's got his list. I love the list or we the, the hardware list. You really should. I, I'm waiting for Adam to bring up the fact that the uh, GPU hierarchy is still missing the 4070. Oh, yeah, I, I do visit that quite often. Uh, um, <laughs> so here's the here's the story with the hierarchy. Um, this is this PC is the 2022 hierarchy. There's a PC over here that's the 2023 hierarchy. I had some benchmarking issues, games updating and stuff. I'm actually retesting cards on both systems, trying to get numbers that I'm like, what What just happened? Because like someone pointed out, they're like, hey, your 6950 XT numbers look really good compared to the 7900 XT in some cases. And so I like, I retested that and I'm like, sure enough, I have like half a dozen games where performance dropped inexplicably and and so i'm trying to figure out what's what's the correct mode i'm about ready to reinstall windows on this one because mm. i'm i'm wondering if I, I i've got spare ssds now so i was thinking i'd i'd put one of those in and just check and make sure that something hasn't gone wonky because i was doing ai testing on this one as well and so i'm like well i you would think with things like git and python rolled into git that uh that you wouldn't corrupt your windows performance but at the same time i don't know if that's entirely true so that sucks so so i've I'm, i'm reworking the numbers i'm nearly done uh and then I've got the 2023 hierarchy update with the new test bed that, you know, because, hey, we need to alleviate the CPU bottleneck as much as possible. What are you moving to in the new box? Let's see. Don't even ask because I'm, oh. I'm frustrated. Oh, right. No. Well, and- I moved to 13900K in November. Okay. And now now you know the problem, right? Since now you've got the yeah. 7950 X3D. Why didn't you move there? Right, yeah. Because no, I don't it's... have one. And I mean, like, should I move to 7800 X3D? You know, and like, there's all these options. I'm like, well, I've already run a ton of benchmarks on the 13900K, so I'm sticking with it well, also, uh, for better or worse. Also, I, I wouldn't call the 13900K anywhere near a bottleneck on your yeah. testing, right? <laughs> Uh, no, but there's, there's stuff where it's like, uh, I mean, at 1080p Microsoft flight simulator loves the X3D chips. Like literally it's like, marry me. Um, and you know, the, they top out at something like 120 frames per second, whereas the 13900K only gets 90 frames per second, uh, and that's a good segue to the next one. But I do want to point out, uh, for the GPU talk. If you're listening, um, just go into, you know, any search engine. Probably even Bing can find it, I bet. Um, (laughs) Look for Tom's Hardware GPU Hierarchy. I highly recommend it because it basically, it's it's you have it bookmarked, and it's all this hard work that Jared has done. And it basically sort of ranks all the GPUs by generation, kind of frames per second, and gives you an easy way to see, like, um, huh, where would my RTX 2080 be? Yeah, so the RTX 2080 would be 
significantly better than a GTX 1080 so, Ti, so then I can feel better about recommending the 2080 significant? years. Oh, significant. Yeah, significant. Uh, that's, uh, that's, significant. That's, it's changed over time. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the I mean, gap got wider. It got wider, right? Because it's newer, it gets better. But no, I mean, there's great stuff. You can sort of see like where your current car falls and it's useful. Like if you're trying to do a, you know, a side grade to somebody's used car, like, oh, what am I going to get out of a 3060 Ti, right? So it's a it's a great thing. So go to go look for you know Tom's hardware and GPU Harky. That's a great great article by Jared. Hell yeah! There, so and soon will be updated once he gets past these problems. But yeah, it's just it's just missing a forty seventy. It's fine. And it's a G, it's the CPU's <laughs> fault because stupid Intel. The best now this our next topic is best CPU for gaming. I I finally you know again I had a little bit of um, problem. I was. Uh, it, had a little bit of a medical problem a couple weeks ago. I finally finished my Ryzen 7 7800X 3D gaming benchmarks last night. I haven't made any charts, but I actually see where the hype is now. So now I'm done because it was really just kind of being exposed. I was watching and reading about it uh, from the hospital bed, so I didn't really get to uh, participate in the launch. But I've now run all the tests um, myself. And I will say, I can see where the hype is on the Ryzen 7 7800X 3D. So, because there's definitely some points where, for me, you know, in, my, in the games, the small selection of games that I'm running, and, and by the way, everybody who's reviewing CPUs is using a small selection of games because there are literally 50,000 titles in Steam, not counting the other game libraries out there. So, it's all a small selection. Generally, the nice thing is when you get that that X3D boost, I found it to be basically as fast generally as the 7950X3D, which arguably had a nice uh, you know headroom over the 13900K and the KS at some points. Uh, and there's some things where it's a little bit faster. There's some things where it's a little, it's definitely a little slower too, and I haven't really figured out why. But um, I would say it's probably you know, lower clocks, maybe. Yeah, it could be the clock speed, but no. Some, some games of it, don't like cash as much. Yeah, it's actually kind of, I. it's weird. It's almost as though, uh, let me find one that was just, like Gears Tactics for me was like, it makes me go like, what the hell? Like I was getting, and this is the worst thing as a reviewer, like why, why, it, or why, I'll just, just search for this. So the great thing about the X3, sorry, the 7800 X3, the great yeah. thing is, you don't have to worry about the whole shenanigans with should the game run on your higher clocked core CCD or should it run on the X3D right. CCD? Like it, there's only an X3D chiplet in there. And so th- like that makes it easier. Um, but you only then get eight cores and 16 threads. And it's like, well, there's there's those productivity workloads that maybe want the 16 cores. If you're just doing for gaming though, I mean, from what I understand, the the performance is in games is equal to the seventy nine fifty X three D, and again, yeah. no no worries about having to, you know, does the game properly recognize which core it should run on? Has AMD set it up in their software to use the right CCD or not? Um, right. Is Windows doing the right thing? <laughs> and it, and it, I will say, you know, there's definitely plenty of games where it will run with, you know. 1300 KS, 3900K, and there's 
times when it gets its butt handed to it by 13. Because, you know, there's just some games that run better on Intel. But I will say the one thing I definitely noticed, because I was running this up against a 13700K because I wanted to get similar price, because I really think those are both similarly priced. Um, most of the time, there are some things that still favor Intel, but a lot of the time it just simply crushes the 13700K, which, you know, it can't run with the 1300K, doesn't have the clock speeds for it, and it definitely gets beat up pretty badly by the 7800X3D in gaming. So I, you know, if I had to say the best, the best gaming CPU, and I'm making air quotes for audio listeners because, you know, it all depends on what the hell, what you mean by best gaming, what, you know, I don't know how you define it, but I would definitely say 7800X3D is the, the best, best CPU for someone who's going to play games you know, 80 to 90% of the time and is not going to be playing at 4K where you're GPU limited. Because frankly, anytime you're playing GPU limited, who cares? I mean, it just doesn't at 4K. Yeah, I mean, this is the hard thing for me. And this is my problem with the 7800X3D is it's like you can see the performance differences with a 4090. But I'm like, if, if you've got the money to buy a 4090, then the $200 to go from a 7800X3D to 7950X3D right. starts looking like, yeah, well, whatever, that's not a big deal. Um, if you're not buying a 4090 and you're buying a 4070, then the CPU is no longer going to be a limiting factor in most of the games. You know, it's, I guess if you're playing at 1080p in Microsoft Flight Simulator, like that's that's the halo child for being CPU limited, even on slower GPUs. But everything else, it's like yeah, you're you're GPU limited, whether you're at whether you're playing in Cyberpunk or Gears Tactics or whatever. It's like they all run into the GPU limit on a forty seventy, pretty much. So you know, yeah. I, I I kind of feel like it's it's the story of the 4070 and the 4090 again, where it's like, oh, well, they're the two best recommendations from AMD, but which is really the better one? And certainly you don't buy the 7900X3D. That's just this yeah. like uh, middleman that no one really is going to care about. Yeah, I think if I you can buy it. that, yeah, if you can buy that, you buy the 7950X3D. So. It's it's the Marsha Brady, I think, the one that nobody yeah. cares about. Jan, Marsha, Cindy. No, wait. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's not getting this. I can't remember. But <laughs> there's also the question of pricing too, though, because like you say, well, AMD's competitive with the thirteen seven hundred K on pricing, and it's like, well, what it's it's like thirty dollars, thirty five dollars right. more MSRP, right? But for comparable motherboards and memory and everything else, I'm like, I don't know how that all plays out. It feels like the X670 motherboards are pretty Yeah, those pretty are pricey. Expensive. You can't do DD4 options, which you can for Intel, although that's going to move games a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, like, if you're buying DDR4 for Intel, I'm like, would you be buying? I guess you could buy a 13700K with, with DDR4. That wouldn't be, like, insane. Right. Buying a 13900KS with DDR4 would be kind of dumb. Yeah, no, it, it definitely... But, you know, I, I can see if somebody had 128 gigs of RAM, you're like, uh, I just I just can't. I can't do that, so I'll just stick with it uh, for DDR4. But, you know, I, I think the, the argument for Ryzen 7, it could be better... The motherboard the thing isn't as much issue because you could use it with a cheaper board because you don't have to have the beefy VRMs to run the stuff. Uh, you don't necessarily, but I, I, I couldn't buy a chip like a seventy eight hundred X three D and stick it in their 
you know, budget A620 motherboard. Yeah. I, I just couldn't. No, I hear you. But I think Even that's... if performance is supposed to be the same, I'd be like, no, I got to get at least the B650. Yeah. No, because you you just do cut corners off of it. Um, you know, just fewer, you maybe, you know, less advanced connectivity, all that stuff kind of goes out the window. I understand, but there's definitely some people, you get these, they build these very kind of interesting extreme machines, you know, like extreme, like, yeah, I'm building a 4090 with an A320 and whatever, the A series board and a, you know, and a uh, 7800X3D. And then they just like they find things where they really are going to cut the corners on to to justify the rest of it. The so. the one nice thing about the X3D chips is their like memory quality and bandwidth and all that stuff becomes less of a factor. Yeah. You know, so it's like you can you can run a 5800X3D on an X370 motherboard first gen Ryzen and yeah, you lose the gen 4 support, you lose some of the other newer features but but you're not losing a lot of CPU performance. And it's the same with like if you put an, a seven eight hundred X three D into an A six twenty, you know, <clears throat> I don't know is 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 it officially supported though? I thought the A six twenty might be power limited to uh, sixty five. I think it can. Uh, uh, no, I think it's. I think it can still do it, right? Yeah, I think it, it it's 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 not future proof. Like you can't upgrade to Zen five. Maybe um, is is the concern, but. Yeah, I don't know. The other, I mean, the other thing that really I talked about this um, when we had um, Wendell on recently, because you know we both are very also you know mindful of application performance. I you know the the seventy eight hundred X three D lumps up the thirteen seven hundred K pretty well in gaming, but it's a complete opposite where in applications, like I just had to make sure look looking through my entire list of all the stuff I ran. There's nothing that the 13700K doesn't bash in the 7800X3D's brains in. And, like, everything. And, like, everything is just simply, like, significantly faster in some things. Because it's just, it's just you know, higher clocks, more cores. So if you're really running applications, everything from browsing, lightly threaded stuff, heavily threaded stuff, it's just simply faster than the 7800X3D. So... I do think that's yeah, something it's, to it's consider. a very gaming focused. Yeah. And I, it's really, that's why I, I kind of wonder if like AMD has sort of stumbled into the magic where they just make, they can, it really, they could have foregone doing a 7950 X3D in some ways. I know because people were aggro about it because they did, they didn't like the mix of chips. I think they almost could, they can almost justify just doing an eight core you know, mix part only for gamers in the future. I'm still curious. Like I almost wonder, will AMD try and pull out a dual X3D chip, meaning two CCDs, both of them with chiplets on this generation or, or have they, I mean, like that's, they say, well, it's, it's once. Yeah. It's, it's, they say like, it's to allow higher clocks on the one CCD. And I'm like, you know, that extra 500 megahertz, I'd rather have the extra cash and, if you're willing to pay for a 7950 X3D, maybe pay an extra $100 for the cash. I, I just, it, it kind of, I would have rather have seen that than the 7900 X3D. I, I really do wonder. I mean, I do think, you know, people will buy anything. I mean, honestly, people buy i9, that buy Ryzen 9 because it's simply, it's too better than the 7s. And that's, 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 most you know you know people who aren't 
buried in this every day. That's why that they have to make a split decision. I need to buy the highest end. I'm going to buy the i9. I'm going to buy the Ryzen 9, right? Because that's the way it goes. I the yellow see, one is the sun. Yeah, I, I could see 70, 70. What would it be? It'd be, gosh, you'd be like a. The number's bigger. You got to get the bigger number. Would it be 70? Ryzen 11. Well, would it be, would it be, well, you can't go, I don't think you could go that, but it would be what? 7960 7, X3D? 7999 or something like, I don't even know where you go because they're sort of at the top. I, I do wonder if they're, you know, because the discussions at CES were, you know, look, we look, we've done our internal modeling and it just wasn't worth it because, you know, the, you're running, you know, several hundred megahertz slower the 7950 X3D runs damn near as fast as the 7950X. So you do get that, and you get, you're getting the, you know, X3D for the gaming. So that was the approach. And then obviously it would cost more to do two stack dies. And I do wonder if they do two stack dies, do they run into that problem now of like, well, you may have that cash, but you're still crossing the CCDs, right? Yeah. Because well, that's that's kind of the thing is the 7950 X3D, would you run games that want the cash? It kind of, tells windows tells everything like hey stop messing around with the with the non-cash chip and it it doesn't turn the chips the chips off completely but it, it definitely right. prioritizes sticking things on the cash chip so it effectively becomes right. a 7800x3d when you're playing games and so yeah it's like if they had two chiplets with cash and they were equal like would windows then like end up with cash, con- uh, not cash contention, but yeah, the, all the memory access is going over the the infinity bandwidth and maybe de-optimizing performance. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I would like to think they ran the models and said, right. this is the right thing to do. Uh, yeah. Well, also, J- Jared, I think what would happen is that uh, if if they released it, so we, we, we've seen this before, if they released it and there was any sort of problems, then the internet would have been like, Oh, this is stupid. Why'd you even release this? You can just get away with a 7800X3D. Why did you why'd you even waste your time? But then if they yep. didn't, you have people being like, Well, why aren't you what releasing this? Been? This is one the, the one you want. Why aren't you making this? So yeah. the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. For sure. I think people got like the they were such can I I don't think they honestly expected the confusion around <clears throat> 7950X3D launch because there was just so many people that were just spun up into pretzels. I personally feel because like they were like they're literally asking for, well, gosh, you know the problem is if you're crossing these dies, don't cross the streams. So all this is like, well, maybe you should have just put more cores on the CCD. So you, wait, you're saying they basically should have made a monolithic CPU die? <laughs> it, was, it was like it almost felt like it, like the argument was almost that like you should have made a monolithic die because this whole like chiplet design. When you're you're crossing these CCDs, if that's if that's hurting you, maybe you should have made a monolithic die. It's like, so you're saying they should have made basically an Alder Lake or <laughs> after Lake CPU yeah. like with more cash. It's like it, it really was like, but the whole idea with the chiplet is it let them scale and for cost, right? So it just it. I wonder if there's something to be done in the future. Like, it, is it always best to stack the die the L the L three cash? <laughs> over the CCD or is there a potential in the future where you put the stacked memory over the, the, uh, over the IO die? 
I, I, like, you still have the latency going over the Infinity Fabric to the CCDs, but uh, I just kind of wonder because then you could you could have the L3 cache in one unified location or the L4 cache if you call it that, whatever. I, I mean, I'm not a processor designer, so I won't go further than that. But you, you do kind of wonder, like, is there something to be done where you can put a unified bigger cache somewhere other than the CCD to get a benefit. Yeah, I, I think putting it on the putting it on the IODI would significantly kill the performance because right now stacked on the dot, on the cache it's like it's yeah, damn it's near full performance full L3 performance, right? So like how how bad would latency increase if you stuck the <laughs> if you stuck a big cuz you know Intel had the the weird Broadwell you know, chips where they had the 64 EMIB or right. what, not EMIB. What did they call it? The E EDRAM. Uh, yeah. EDRAM. It was the same right? crystal well. Right. And then they do it with yeah. 50. I can't remember. It was like 50. God, where the hell did that chip go? The 5077C or something. Yeah. That broad yeah. that everybody. And no that one had. Like, yeah. And but everybody Sky, had that. Skylight killed it. <laughs> they loved it though, because of the cash, right? Cause the, yeah. I, yeah, I, and so that wasn't that wasn't stacked, and it was just like having that big package of cash right next to the CPU. They got a lot of benefits. So I'm like, I I don't know what what can be done there to to move, you know, adding more cash. Well, there there have been rumors that I think within Meteor Lake that there's going to be L4. I think I saw a rumor headline. Don't know if it's true or not, but the indications there could be L4 integrated into the into that that chip. Well, and when you're shrinking processes and all that stuff, you know, at, at some point it's like, well, we've got 16 cores. We don't really need more cores for a lot of home users and even business users. So what do we do with those extra transistor budget and, you know, L4 caches? It sounds sounds like a win-win. Uh, to get back on topic, though, I, w- I want to I step through some practical advice here, okay? Uh, right. So I, I know the, the title is Best CPU for Gaming, but it's it's that's very broad. So let's step through this. Uh, in your opinion, if you're like, okay, you know what? I have a GPU and a monitor set up that is capable of only 1080p 60. What it, What is the best GPU for gaming at that point? Or, you know, so, so I mean, sure, you can get a 1300K, but you're throwing away money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, I, what, what do you think is, is the, the limit? I think Core i3-12100 is, is a great option for a 1080p60. Like, especially, it depends on the GPU you're running, but if you're running like a an RTX 3060 level, or maybe even a 3050 level, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are still fast enough to play any game out there, just not with all the bells and whistles. And and at that point, it's like, well, you don't want to pair a $300 graphics card or three, $250 graphics card with a, you know, $400 CPU. Yeah. So I always look at it like my, my GPU should be about half, my CPU should be about half as expensive as the GPU in general is my, is my, philosophy so i'm like yeah if you got a 300 dollars graphics card find a good 150 dollars cpu okay what this guy said nice uh so uh stepping up what if you have 1080p high refresh rate you're like you know what i gotta get all my frames but i'm fine with 1080p you know anywhere from 144 to 360 hertz you know and then that's the kind of system what do you what do you what cpu do you think keeps up with that so energy x3d is a good part with that 
Yeah. If you're doing esports too, like I don't know what the esports breakdown looks like for like 7800X3D versus a 13900K or whatever, but uh like high clocks yeah for high frame rates might be might be helpful, but uh the big cache would probably also be helpful on esports titles, so. Right. You you could justify getting a, you know, an i9-13900K for high refresh too because it in fact honestly, it's hard because it's a big jump from like yeah. Like That's I wouldn't necessarily like, it depends on what you're doing, what kind of games you're playing. Are you actually super competitive or are you just like, Hey, I've got a high free refresh I mean, monitor. On. Most people are not super competitive. No. So, <laughs> so I'm like, probably, probably the I five stuff is, is good. So like the I five 13, uh, 600, 13, 400, something like that. Yeah. Um, like those are, I want to say those are, you can get one of those for maybe two fifty. Yeah, I mean, it punches. Those are definitely going to outperform it. Application side, I just kind of think as you're pushing, you're saying 240 hertz. I, I just think you're going to need something very because you're going to be mostly. If you, I mean, well, if we're talking competitive, right? Because you but really need not to play that many side. people who are competitive. Well, you're, but there are a lot of people who have, like to play 1080p and high refresh rate. But why? I mean, do you, don't you think it's because they want to win? You know. But you want the higher refresh. I would say you're definitely going to get a you're going to get higher consistent frame rates out of a higher end part, so a cache part or a higher end Intel part. So, I, I, I mean, but yeah, but the thing is, like, look, I'm I'm just searching on Newegg, uh, yeah. 1080p high refresh rate. I mean, you can get for two hundred, three hundred dollars. So you're saying you would, <laughs> if somebody has a, a, a two hundred fifty dollar monitor, they should go out and and buy a six hundred dollar CPU. Well, I think you're, well, I guess some people, you know, you, I like to win. I know you like to go for the high end, be like, hey, you know no, what, I, go all the way. No, but I kind of think like, like I, the game I play, I don't need high refresh rate, but I kind of think if you're buying high refresh rate panel for gaming, it's because the only time it really matters, honestly, is if you need to kick somebody's ass. Because those monitors are made to kick somebody's ass. And you need them, You need the hardware to kick their ass, right? So if you're playing, you're playing top ten esports games on Steam that depend on that lowest latency possible. I just feel like you wanna you want that CPU to feed it, you know? Because I'm I'm very much with Jared. I think like for most people, put all your money into the GPU. But if you're in a high refresh rate gaming, and I think you're the only reason to be in a high refresh gaming is because you want to kick somebody's ass. Not just because it looks pretty, whatever. But it's then I, mean, I think Brad's, you Brad's a high refresh rate gamer. Maybe he's not good enough. He's not kicking anybody's ass. Let me tell you, he's he's also on a, an eighteen hundred X. I so. play game. Yeah, he's on an eighteen hundred. Yeah. See, like like for him, fifty eight hundred X three would be like no. We should just buy every. We should like just save up everybody's super chats and then buy him a fifty eight hundred X three because eighteen hundred X is unless he, I guess he's playing high 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 res. See, like. He's playing high res, high refresh, and that's kind of like do high res, high refresh rate on an eighteen hundred X. That's that's you not can't. A great. I mean, no, so, that's what he's doing. You can. <laughs> that's not what we would recommend. I just think, but but also, I I don't know. I I but I just think we're you know like if some somebody can realistically hit ten eighty p one hundred forty four hertz and not have to buy the top end CPU. One forty four is not exactly high refresh anyway these days. But I'm talking two forty, high refresh rate, forty and up, right? It's higher. I got laptops that do that, for God's sake, right? <laughs> Who cares? I got laptops. I, I just think, like, 
When you're saying, when you say high refresh rate to me, it says you want to kick somebody's ass. All right. Well, that, that's a definition then thing. Uh, I'm talking about anywhere, anywhere above 60. Well, so if you're to like, to me, 144 is basically like a 60 hertz. Who cares? Right. You're basically. All right. Well, I, all right. Let's, let's move on then. Cause uh, so 14, I, I would say, I would say the 13400 is probably the CPU I'd get for that. Like. Min- mainstream like mostly and i would get it with ddr4 memory on jared a, is on you're Intel. more hardcore than me and you cover gpus i'm surprised <laughs> well I'm, I'm just saying like if you're trying to be a balanced system like you're not going too crazy on either yeah, yeah. the cpu or which, the which GPU. most people are like i think you do ddr4 with an i5 13400 because like yeah. it's already cheaper than the 7600x and you know, they're they're both half the price of the seventy eight hundred X three D and you save another fifty to hundred dollars on the DDR four memory compared to DDR five. Right. And you know, and the thing is honestly, if you can take that hundred bucks that you save on your CPU and if that really gets you to the next bin up upgrade GPU, to forty seventy T I then yeah, then yeah, if that does it, I would say yes, totally. So uh, but I, I, I just still think like again for <laughs> Kicking, pe- kicking people's asses. I don't. I don't think I would rely on the i five to push the high frame rates as much as I would. I, I bet. I'd want more. I, I bet it depends on the games. But like, if you're yeah, playing CSGO, yeah, like then no, you're Counter Strike. Like, I I don't think it matters whether you have an i five or an i three thirteen one hundred is probably going to push plenty of frames in Counter Strike. Maybe uh, not Counter Strike two. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Not, probably we'll, not Counter Strike Two. We'll see with that, that'll be interesting. I don't think Counter Strike Two is going to be that demanding. Honestly, I yeah. think it will be a game that's designed to still hit 480 frames per second for the esports people. Also, also, they're probably optimizing for Steam Deck as well. Uh, also, I want to point out real quick: uh, Jim McIntyre on the the chat says Gordon is such a high end snob. Yeah, I, yes, well, I mean, just true. <laughs> so, like for CS:GO, and of course, I'm. I'm running with the workshop map, which some people say is whatever. It's like it's reproducible. So 7800X, this is where Intel really rules. Um, 7800X 3D is 833 frames a second average. Uh, 13700K is 871. So obviously all playable. 7950X 842. So you can see where those higher clocks help. Uh, 13900K is 850. Uh, 7950X 3D is 824. So you see again. You know, oh, I, I want the i five. Oh man, uh, an i nine thirteen nine doesn't test the cheap stuff. Thirteen nine hundred KS is nine thirteen. So clearly, all of these are going to be well above the frame rates you're going to need for a two hundred forty hertz panel. So yeah, so even a four hundred eighty hertz panel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, which barely exists. Yeah, we're going though. It's going to keep getting higher and higher. But uh, I, Ivan Bigelow says uh, Gordon speaks like a person with money. He does. He does this. Money. No, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm just saying <laughs> he's flush with cash. He is flush with cash. It. I can. I can admit he has a money hat that no, literally just, has money. I just think on that it. I honestly think 144 hertz 1080p is is budget gaming almost because they are so cheap, right? But when you're getting up to 360, when you're getting up to the higher refresh rate panels, you really do need a fairly decent. High clock CP or high fast. I mean, 360, 1080p 360 are aren't they like 350 now? Is it? God, I just what I, I need know. is I what I need is 4K 144 that I can afford. That yeah. looks nice. So I and I obviously I, I can't. I but again I I had to take a break from the game I play anyway. But when I play, I want to win. Like if I could do every single thing in that game from the hardware side to get me win, 
I would do it. Because when I play games, I like to play competitive. I don't like to lose, right? So that to me is like, it's worth it. So I think... That's why I play single player games, then I can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm in it to have fun. Uh, anyway, um, all right. So then uh, stepping up 1440p60. Say you're a 1440p60 gamer and, and you just want uh, you want a CPU that, that's going to push some, help push that extra pixels. Your GPU pushes the pixels. Yeah. Your CPU doesn't do jack squat. Yeah. So what do you think is the, the minimum rate of, uh, or minimum kind of CPU you could pair, pair for that? If you have a GPU that's fit for a 1440p monitor, like this guy. Yeah, or, or right? a 3070, you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, $600 graphics card. I'm like, then you you should get a $300 CPU to go with it, which is a Core i5-13400. Yeah. Good chip. And could, do you think you could... Do the budget thing there and, and shave that down to a an older Alder Lake or one of the lower. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could do it. And, the Alder, the Alder Lake, the previous gen Alder Lake aren't really cheaper is the problem, yeah. and so it's like, you know, no, just give me the I, I, Raptor Lake gave you higher clocks and more e cores, right? And so it's like, you know, for twenty twenty dollars extra, you may as well get the Raptor Lake. Well, what about going a step down from i five? And the i five is a fantastic CPU because you're getting all kinds of application performance, right? So what do you think about going down to that uh, 12,400? Or thir- is it 13,400? 13, I can't remember the damn names down there. I don't like pay too close attention. Or for, for 300 bucks, you could do x 3D. I, w- I would think you would honestly not feel the difference that much. Don't you think? I mean, if you really had to do it, I if you're mainly going to that K part, even though nobody ever overclocks or... But, you know, it would be nice to get there. But, you know, if you had to cut a little off your budget and you can live with it, then I guess it's doable. Because I really think GPU first is the way to go for all gaming machines. It's, so. it's kind of weird because, like, I, I wouldn't want to go to an i3 if you're doing a 1440p monitor and a GPU appropriate for it. You probably wouldn't lose much performance. But, I mean, what, like the, the 13100 versus the... 13400 is basically what you end up with right and it's one is four cores and eight threads and the other is um six cores 12 threads of the p core no six cores plus four six fast cores without hyper threading right? uh you know let me well one i'm going to bring up somebody saying uh is this no. intel sponsors is that where we're? yeah sure you always go there internet new tech points out a good point though I think this is an excellent choice. If you're doing a new build, 5800X3D. 5800X3D, boards are cheap, DDR4 is cheap, CPU yeah, is cheap. Yeah. You pair that with how cheap is a, I guess how cheap is a 5800X3D these days? I, I have 300. A, it's still 300. Uh, I, but, I, 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 I mean, just like checked on Amazon. Yeah, like that's that's probably... I think you can definitely make the case for doing a 5800X3D over the i5 stuff if you're if you're focused on games. Yeah. Because like it's like Gordon was saying, like, Outside of gaming, like the the X fifty eight hundred X three D gets roasted by a lot of core i five chips. Well, but what what if you want? What if you don't want to buy into AM four and you're like, eh, you know, seventy six hundred non X is a little bit cheaper. No, I think it's a little more expensive to get into it, but you know, like at least you're on AM five and it's not end of life. So yeah, where's and you might yeah you might be able to. I mean, I. I just question how many people really upgrade their systems. I know some do, but like I think most, most people, most people stay with a 
board and CPU combination until they're ready for a new CPU, it feels to me. Yeah. And then they buy a new motherboard and a new CPU and either give away or sell off or whatever the old one, hand it down to their brother, it sister, best friend. We yeah, I, I know I know not everyone update. doesn't yeah. do that, right? But but seventy six hundred X is two hundred and forty eight bucks on Newegg all day. So it's I would say yeah, that's a solid choice too, right? Forty seventy with for fourteen forty Gaming. You're not really going to notice the difference in most things between like the i5s and the and the Ryzen six right. fives. Yeah, and that gets you you know a Ford, Ford you know in socket upgrade if you ever decide to do it. Which, I mean, we'll see how far we really get with this generation, this series, and the next series, and and so on. But I still think you, you can't discount what AMD did with to give you 1800x all the way up to 5800x 3D. 5950X 3D is in one socket for most boards. It's pretty amazing. So I, I think I love that. And, you know, really that that can't be understated how, how awesome that is. So to be able to probably put in two generations from now, you know, I so we're going to get 7,000, 8,000, probably 9,000 out of it. That's pretty spectacular. So if you can do a 7,000 now for 250 and then drop in a higher end chip later, I think that's a that's There's also nice. that question of like how much you know we're we're kind of plateauing on things where you look at the future and you go well you know when you go from Zen one to Zen three on the same socket like they added quite a lot of things over those generations like PCIe Gen four came out and faster memory support and and you know stuff like that USB three point two when you look at what's available now on AM five. And you go, well, gosh, like, when are we going to see PCIe Gen 6? And when will we even need it? Like, we might see it in the next couple of years, but will we need it anytime soon? Uh, probably, probably for most of us, the answer is no. Like, so you don't have to worry about like, oh, man, they just came out with USB 5 and, and now I can't support it. Because it's like, even if the bandwidth is doubled you probably aren't doing anything that's hitting that bandwidth on your USB devices. So, or, or your, and I'm saying that like PCI express bandwidth as well. So, you know, I, I think, I think when you consider where Zen five, Zen six might go in the future, those could easily stay on AM five for a long time and not, not lose as much. And, and AM five launched as a more, far more mature platform than AM four. Um, I mean, like, that's where I'm like, people who are running X370 boards, man, I, I hope they got a lot better because I didn't have good luck with them. And all of mine basically died, <laughs> uh, died or died or were discontinued, like put to put to pasture. But I, I had three or four X370 boards that failed on me wow. over a two year period. See, I never, mine's was a review only board, but, you know, I- the thing that was really kind of made 5800X 3D so amazing for me is to to put that in the original review motherboard um, yeah. for this 1800X is, is amazing, right? So if I hadn't had those systems on and just let let them sit in a, in a corner, maybe they would have still been working. Yeah, I mean, they were rougher. I mean, that, that I still think that is something you always have to consider when you want to roll a system or a motherboard forever, which everybody says they want to, but man... Everything just sucks. USB sucks. PCIe sucks. Everything is just like old and antiquated compared to the new generation of hardware. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You're still using that old motherboard, but 
It's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a car with 300,000 miles and you got roll up windows and it's got leaks everywhere. And it's got that, it's got that funky rain smell in it when you get it. It's like, I'm still using it, but okay. Are you talking about my 2005 Civic? Yeah. Or I was going to say my Corolla is my go-to car, beater car that cheap, but I, it's also, maybe it's like those, it's like the Mercedes diesel Mercedes people. You know, they're always like, look, they only come in one color, that ugly ass beige, which at one point was glossy, but like is now it's just like this flat matte color. And there's always like one strut is always worn out. So the car has got this permanent lean towards one direction. And man, that thing's just putting out so much diesel dust. It's like, it's horrible. And then like, why are you still driving this piece of crap? But, you know, they just want to do it. <laughs> car talk uh new cars are expensive that's why <laughs> well but you know i don't like I, I just don't get the whole mercedes diesel thing i, I honestly what i never could get about the whole sorry last point <laughs> the whole mercedes diesel every single diesel person i don't understand this like yeah my fuel range is 880 miles it's like what you don't want to get out go to the bathroom go to the gas station on a road trip and buy some snacks what the hell you're really going to like, we're not getting out of this car for the next nine hours. Did make- you buckle up and sit down. Shut up. Don't make me come back here. <laughs> this stupid diesel. Aren't you going to put any gas in it? But no, they don't. Because like this car will I go 800 I need a self-driving miles. diesel with a thousand mile range that I can go and take a nap <laughs> while it drives me. That Then it might be useful. Then it might be. But I just, those those diesel folks, I don't understand what is like this ultimate fuel range thing. It's It's kind of crazy, I think. But sorry. That's just I had to, I had right, to get back that to the back to the best CP for gaming. Best CP for gaming. Uh, oh, so, I thought we were done. <laughs> yeah, no. La- last one, Jared uh, is is fourteen forty p ultra wide, four K, whatever. You know, you're pushing all the pixels. Doesn't the CPU really matter? Uh, Core i three or Ryzen three? <laughs> I like, get a Pentium Gold or whatever they're called these days. Pentium. Yeah, it's I mean, all about like, the Pentiums. Yeah, like the the difference between oh. an i three and an i nine. If you're like 1440p, how much is it really? You know, there there are games where it does make a difference. You know, there's I've I've mentioned Flight Simulator before, but uh, even even games that aren't like what you would consider super CPU intensive, going from medium quality settings to ultra quality settings, it doesn't just hit the GPU harder; it can hit your CPU harder. Doing the, you know, the, if if you've got tracing. ray tracing on, ray tracing has to build the BVH hierarchy on the. That was redundant. It has to build the BVH structure. Bounding <laughs> volume hierarchy for people. Yes, and I'd have no yes. idea what the hell that means. <laughs> it's just their structure of all the all the geometry, and that gets assembled on the CPU. So you know, it it can take longer to do that on a lower speed CPU. And so you cut into your performance potentially, but I mean, like realistically, where, where, where do you, where, maybe a better way to say it, where do you think the bare minimum is like a, a 5,800 X3D? If you've got the money for an ultra wide 1440 P and a graphics card to drive it, you shouldn't be getting less than at least, I would say, I would say you should get a Ryzen seven or a core I seven. I mean, $400, I mean, or like, I mean, uh, you know, what what if it's like, hey, you know what, I've I've upgraded my GPU over the years and my monitor, but I'm still on a, a really old, you know, CPU, like like Brad 1800X. <laughs> yeah, you got to look at those benchmarks that people run and and see like, hey, you know, I've got a 4070 
and my Sandy Bridge processor, and I'm not getting 150 frames per second. I wonder if it's my CPU. Um, but yeah, if you've already got a decent, you know, 12th gen or even 10th gen Intel or Ryzen, you know, 3000, Ryzen 5000 AMD, um, you can probably go as high as a 4070 easily and not feel like you're missing too much. It's when you start looking at the 4080 and 4090 that you're like, yeah, you should probably upgrade your CPU and platform. Yeah, I would agree. And even then you'll probably only get like 5% more performance. Yeah. I, you know, I think the thing is it, a, a lower end CPU can do surprisingly well, but there might be some livability issues, you know, low percent, one percent lows and all that stuff that will just simply be better with a better CPU that help rather than just paying attention to averages. Right. So, and if you're kind of going the stretch for a 4080, it feels, it just feels wrong to try to cheap out on the, the <laughs> CPU too. I'm just thinking because uh, I mean, a lot of times we say like, Hey, put as much money into the GPU if you're doing high pixel count. Right. Yeah. But, but like, just, like where is that realistically for the CPU? Yeah. I, you know, for me, I would, I would still want, yeah, I would definitely say you, you want a one seven class CPU. So it just feels really kind of wrong. You could, but honestly, if you were to sit down playing 4k ultra wide or whatever the hell it is, if you're playing an ultra wide or 4k with a high end graphics card, could you really tell the difference between a i5 or or on you I7 might or on some Ryzen things. Five or Ryzen Seven. Like I, I think the balanced build has a graphics card that costs twice as much as your CPU. If you want to push more toward the gaming side, you could go three times as much for your GPU as your CPU. Um, four times as much is where I'm like, that's that's stretching things pretty yeah. far, you know. So it's like if you buy a two hundred dollar CPU and an eight hundred dollar graphics card, you could do it, and it probably. At high-res gaming, you're probably not missing too much. But anything more than that, I'm just like, now you're really being kind of a, It's it just feels so unbalanced to like, hey, I got a $200 CPU with a $1,200 graphics card. Well, good <laughs> yeah. for you. You're weird. It would be an, it would be an unbalanced you, system. Weird. That's just not a good balance system, right? It's, it's a little, it's a little. Do you also put crazy. 92 octane fuel in your 2005 oh, no. Civic oh, that no. I drive? Oh, no. Do you really? Oh, somebody no. wants to know, is it um Matthew hatchback? Lang gave us ten dollars super oh, chat. Matthew Thank Lang's, you so much. Happy birthday. Is it a coupe, a hatch is it a coupe, a it's hatchback, a or a sedan? See? Yeah, sedan. Right? I, I have I have kids. It was actually my wife's car before we got married. Um so we got married in two thousand nine. Um and so she had bought it used and you know, then we bought a minivan in two thousand fourteen a 2010 minivan and so that one's still with us too nice. i I'm, I'm running those things into the ground man <laughs> what do you and think i'm not of... putting anything other than 85 octane in them sorry <laughs> i only do costco gas exclusively now so I, you know I, I usually gas. do costco i usually do costco but we have this weird fuel gas war going on around me so i live in johnstown colorado and there's this city that's like 15 miles south of me called firestone and they've gotten in like this weird gas war <laughs> and so costco would be like 360 and firestone would have gas for 280 and i'm like going well heck yeah i'm gonna drive down firestone for 280 yeah that's 80 cents a gallon i'll save the money 
Plus, plus I go shopping at uh, it's a uh, it's a King Supers, which is a Kroger store. So it's like Smith's, Kent, Fred Meyer. I don't know what all their stores are, but everything's 20, 20 minutes away. So when I go to King Supers, I go to Firestone and get gas. God, good times. Car talk. How by, much? Yeah. How much was that gas? Okay, uh, two eighty. Uh, last time I filled up was two eighty. <sighs> Man, see that's like I I filled it's up I tanked up in it California was four dollars and thirty cents because because <laughs> our our government has uh, my private conspiracy theory is they have worked a nice deal with the fuel companies to make California like Hawaii for our fuel, but very clever. Thank you. I blame the Californians actually. It's your guys' fault. No, I well because you the thing is they sell it as in a way that like packages like oh we're giving you cleaner air for California. But we cannot import gas from Arizona, Colorado, you know, any of the surrounding states, Arizona, Nevada. Or, yeah, we have or, bad gas here in Colorado. So that's that. it's very clever. But I <laughs> I like every time I visit places, I can like I want to bring like two jerry cans. Can I like can I take two, you know, five gallon jerry cans on the plane because it's so cheap here? But no, you can't do it. You should be able to. Uh, you know, what else you should be able to is talk about. Gen 5, Gen 5 testing SSD testing with uh, Jared. Yay. Uh, Jared. Did you do Gen 5 testing or am I the guy doing it? I have, I did, a, I only did one because we did, a, it feels like three months ago. We did, we did a little bit ago, but I, I finally just barely put the video up. So, oh, so you have the Oris too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the Oris. So we got the Oris Gen 5 10,000, yep. which has a Fizon E26 controller. The P, what is it? The PS5026 E26. E20 something six. I know it's. Then we just had. The crucial T seven hundred launch, yeah, and this is the bare gig, drive, right? which, uh, yeah, it, it has twenty four mega transfers per second. So on the NAND, so it's it's the exact same controller, but but the NAND is clocked. What is that? Fifty uh, percent faster. Hmm. It, it doesn't end up being fifty percent faster, but you can hit twelve gig per second. Um, that's the bare version. You do need a, a heat sink on these drives or they will start to throttle. This is the not bare version of the T700. Oh, holy smokes. And, and I mean, Gigabyte's heat sink is ludicrous. You don't need that big of a heat sink, but whatever. And then... Uh, is the other one just also, passive? There's no heat pipes on the Crucial? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just heat pipes. So, and, yeah, so, and, but the other one's just passive chunk of aluminum. Huh. Okay. Yep. And then, then you've got... Inland, which is like the the uh, micro center. Yeah, that brand. fan. I will say, I'm going to predict. Um, it will last um, maybe eleven months, and then it'll start going. Maybe <laughs> it's already like just having it on. I could hear it whining in the background, like Ooh. with the case on. And and I actually, I'm like, you know, when I looked at the the crucial thing and i said if they can do this without a fan and i look at that little tiny whiny fan and i go you know like how much air does that actually move yeah yeah and so i i actually unplugged the fan and re-ran the benchmark suite and i was like oh um the performance was margin of error like if <laughs> yeah. you if you ran a sustained load for a really long time maybe they would differ but i ran a two two hour sustained right test so peppering the drive with like they're doing about three 3.5 gigabytes per second of writes um and i did that for two hours straight and they both like the the lines are identical (laughs) so i'm just like why do we have this fan making noise um and i i think 
I, I've heard rumors that Crucial's MP700 that like they're they're reworking that and they're they're there was going to be a fan and now there's not going to be. So yeah, you know that's one thing. I've only done the ORS 10,000. Um, I found that the the because it's an optional heatsink, it's it is indeed better than the big ass chunk of aluminum that's on the ORS motherboard I use it in. So that's the one that's above the the GPU. But it's not as it's not better than you think. It and depends it, on where your graphics card is too, and how hot your graphics card is. Yeah, I even cranked I mean, up like the heat on the GPU. You're just not putting to see. this underneath a, a GPU. But I, 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 what I found is interesting on the Aorus, the when you would when you would get off the gas, and the thing is, I was doing I only did twenty minutes, but I was running it at you know ten gig writes, ten ten gig writes, ten gig reads, you know thirty two queued up, you know and. uh 32 threads for 20 minutes and that's where i could really get the thing to kind of move up in the heat but once you sort of like okay the benchmark was over the the actual uh bundled heat sink would drop in cooling quite a bit faster so it was able to cool it faster but like i i kind of like i was running other just normal workloads you know lengthier but just normal and it just didn't make any difference like i I don't know why it feels like the cooling was kind of over provisioned in these lap and in, in these these uh these SSDs, but it feels like it's a little overkill on some of the, the cooling. I've done power testing on them too. Um you can see that in our Oh yeah, what'd you get? Our T seven hundred. So this is this is not actually out, right? This is a preview that they let us do and they're still tuning things and and whatnot and uh I think power is one of the things that they're working on improving, but uh, idle power was 2.9 Watts. So, you know, in a desktop, who cares? But like, obviously that's not going in a laptop Uh, average power under, under like a right. uh, Actually it's under a copy workload. So copying files from the drive to itself. So it's doing reads and writes. I think it was hitting uh, about seven Watts with peak. Like there were little blips up to like, 12 watts <laughs> yeah which i mean it doesn't sound like much when i think about 450 watt gpus but for little ssds i'm like that's that's a lot of power going into those things and they're passively cooled and so they're like yeah you're gonna need a bigger heat sink i guess the question is though are are they worth it and you know the the oris and the inland td510 they launched at like $400 for the TD510 inland at Micro Center. Uh, Oris, I saw them at one point for like $600. Prices of SSDs are just falling from the sky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the, the, T, the, yeah, the TD510 at Micro Center is now down to 280 So it's dropped $120 wow. in just like a month and a half. Huh. And that's two terabytes for 280 Yeah. That's nice. But you can, I mean, then then you go, but you can buy a slightly slower, you know, Samsung 980 Pro, Samsung 990 stuff, two terabytes for like 140, 150. I'm like, what's the extra $120 get you? And, and the answer is, in most cases, you won't notice. But if you're, you got a big Steam library and, you know, you get a 70 gigabyte update and it says, hey, I have to, rewrite the 70 gigabyte with the patch information i mean it will go faster on the gen fives <laughs> a yeah. little bit 20 30 percent faster <laughs> so it takes you know three minutes instead of four minutes maybe well speaking of deals uh over on our discord uh friend of the show who's this devonish 
put uh there's a a deal for a Solidime P44 Pro 2 terabyte for $130 oh, on Newegg with a with a promo code. Uh, that's a damn good deal. I'm going to buy some of those after the show. Because <laughs> I'm wondering if I can, because I bought a two terabyte P31 drive. Can I still return it? Because I always do this. And I finally, yeah, the I, P40 Pros, I mean, like, that's basically the P44 Pro, uh, P45, P44. P44. P44 Pro is, I mean, like, it's pretty much as fast as Gen 4 drives get, right? Like uh, there's, it sounds it, like it to the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good drive. And, and for $130 and, for, for two terabytes. <laughs> damn. Yep. Uh, there, there is a, they also did list a, a, a crucial P5 plus two terabyte for 120 on Newegg. Or, no, no, no. That one's Amazon. I'm sorry. That one's Amazon. That's, that's what's in my uh, previous gen test bed. This guy right yes. here. He's running a P5 pro two terabyte. Or not P5 Pro, P5 Plus, and uh, and then the new test bed has a has a Sabrent Rocket Four Plus Four G Plus Four oh, Plus G. Yeah, what yeah, is yeah. it? I, I can't remember. <laughs> it's fast. So many it's numbers. Fast, and it's a four terabyte drive, which is that's what I really wanted. I'm like, yeah, my my game library is too big. I need four terabytes now, please. Yeah, I stupidly. This is just. I am just always the dumbest. I, apparently, the window. I've missed the window on return for that P thirty one, that two terabytes, because it was one hundred twenty dollars. So I'm PC World, so I'm buying this. I bought a four terabyte SATA drive that I saw as a deal, but it's like it's SATA, and it was like that was a mistake too. And I just missed the. Window. I'm just stuck with these stupid things I shouldn't have bought. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, now you can get those, that Solidime. So so you kind of think it's not, like, honestly, because, like, the OS 10,000, to me, it's still impressive that the write speeds are as awesome as it is, you know, because I was hitting 10K under, obviously, perfect conditions, but. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing is they'll they'll do 10K or 12K on the T700, and they'll do it for about 20 to 25 seconds, and then the PSLC buffer gets filled up, and it has to, you know, like, you'll drop to, like, 3,000, 3,500 megabytes per second. And then, then it hits like a point where it has to do what we call folding, where it has to like flush the PLCC buffer. And then everything from there on out goes, goes straight to the TLC. And the folding takes like two minutes or whatever. And performance will drop down to like 1.5 gigabytes per second. And then it will basically sit at three plus gigabytes per second for ever. I don't know. But you know, on, the drive's full. But to be able to get 10 gig read write for, yeah, for 20 seconds, that's what it, awesome. Like, what do you really need more than that for? Because you're, I mean, you're writing so much data, it's pretty crazy. I, but I, the, the, but the interface can do 16 gigabytes per second. I mean, like, yeah, I want, I want the 16. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's well. I mean, we'll, we will, we don't really ever. We'll get there eventually. You think so? I mean, it feels like we top out at by 14, 15. No, no, yeah, but yeah. In in, you know. in how many years time we'll we'll come back here do another full nerd and somebody will will, will share a link. Oh, hey, look, there's a Gen Five drive for 130 bucks <laughs> over on Newegg. I guess the thing is, I want it because it just. We, we've had Gen 5 motherboards for a long time now, and to not be able to run something Gen 5, obviously Gen 5 GPUs are still dumb, but I could justify like getting, I mean, 10 is like, I would want more, but if you're once you're like solidly into that 12, it's pretty nice. And honestly, even 10 is still like, at least you're, you're you can get... It's- it's 30, 40% faster than the fastest right. gen. Yeah. Four. We're such snobs, right? We're like, oh my God, only 30, 40%. But it's it's going to get significantly faster over the next year. But I still think, like, even then, it's like, 
at least I'm running a Gen 5 drive, right? So, but the price. I mean, my thing though is like the the realist in me. The realist in me still goes, you know. I wish games would make better use of that storage, and I'm waiting for direct storage to actually take off and become used in lots of places because I still launch Red Dead Redemption 2 for benchmarking, and I'm like, it takes a minute and a half before I'm in the game running the tests, and it's like, this is ludicrous. Uh, and, And a lot of that, I don't know if it's, I think it's probably bad coding by Rockstar. Cause, uh, you know, um, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is not really that much older than Red Dead 2, I've stripped out the launch scenes and like I can get to the main menu in like less than two seconds from launching. Wow. You know, and, and then it's like loading the level takes maybe 10 seconds. And so I'm like, well, if we had direct storage, I might cut that 10 seconds down to two step, two seconds. Um, but as long as people are doing stupid, unskippable videos before the game loads, you know, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I hope direct storage gets rid of is all the all the useless like, hey, here's our legal warning and here's our logo and here's you know all the stuff that you maybe want to see once. But do you think they're going to? Yeah, for game developers, because well, you're because that's like an old habit, right? We're like, we know this is loading from hard drive. So we got two minutes or three minutes. Let's flash yeah. videos or let's run other credits and information. Where do you move the credits now? Does that go to somewhere else in the game? Or do you just get rid of it? I mean, because it doesn't... Well, but it's not usually credits. It's usually like like middleware logos. Like, oh, I use Speed Tree. Uh, yeah. Who cares? Uh, that's, that's, well, that's I think credits. That's, that's yeah, like but, the movie credits. Yeah, but I still think that's more of a business thing. Like, oh, hey, you know what? We'll license you out Speed Tree, but you got to put a logo at the beginning of the game. <laughs> Don't you remember? Yeah, well, that's the question is like, what... You know, if they say, hey, we're trying to get our game to load in two seconds, which, you know, that sounds like a very, if you could get that to happen on more games, people, gamers would be like, wow, this is amazing. And you'd get a lot of good publicity. And so, you know, then they have to go back to their partners and be like, hey, look, we're not going to show your video for five seconds when we're loading the game in two. Sorry. Well, I hope know, that happens. I, I just think like maybe it's, wholesale could be a change because, um, if you look at older movies, like from the 1960s, all of the end credits are at the beginning of the movie. Like everything, yeah. like like the cinescope and all that stuff. It's like, yeah. what the hell? Why is this at the yeah, beginning? Yeah, there's like of the five movie, minutes right? of five minutes of credits before the movie starts, and you're like, well, the key, get to the, the point. key grip. They get like they're before the movie starts, it, but at <laughs> I some still, point, I still think that's more beneficial than than like, oh, you use Speed Tree or. or <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but no, because <laughs> like, hey, audio. what's that? Where's that place with all the? The, the the lens place that uh you know like hollywood they rent all the high-end lens optical lenses oh uh, that gets they get that's that's the same thing as speed tree yeah this but i mean that's usually you know but that's not the, most of the the stuff happening i mean my trailers. thing is like how many how or many like people are seeing speed tree before game loads and be like oh my gosh Exactly. I never, I never knew about that. Now we should go I look into it. You know, <laughs> but and we go to the end. But I mean, it. it you know, I, I do think like. I kind of hope that, and I think so, because direct storage is pretty easy to implement. I mean, they they have to recompile, but it's it's. I mean, the they have to they have to recompress everything for direct storage, but it doesn't seem like it would hurt anything, you know. Well, I guess would you just have Steam let you store direct storage textures and non-direct store? Would you then download I, the? I mean, I think yeah, I don't know. All I know is my challenge is to Rockstar like 
you implement direct storage on Red Dead Redemption 2 and Grand Theft Auto and get those games to load in like less than 10 seconds. That would be amazing. It makes me want to it makes me want to put a build of cuz I stopped using Red Dead as a benchmark cuz I, I just think it's a pain in the butt to use, but It is. It is. I, I kind of think I should I want to load that on on an Optane drive. Even the older one that I have, I want to put it on Optane. No, there, it's, it's still super slow. It doesn't matter. Optane. Like the funny thing is Grand Theft Auto five had like really slow load times and some guy created a mod where he cut the load times down by like half or a third or something and it was basically he's like yeah i looked at the assembly and it turns out they're doing really stupid code oh and and i think that's uh, as a former programmer i'm pretty sure that's what the case is still i i think red dead is not doing the most optimized and ideal way of loading data. And I don't know why like rockstar should be big enough that they know how to do that properly, but well, yeah, I uh, guess it's launched already. So yeah, you do right. You don't, you never well, go back to, to work on old games unless you're, you're forced to, uh, they added DLSS two at one point, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's probably, you know, Nvidia paid for it. Well, you know, they, they have to, I, I kind of wanted to like, we're going to help you do some experimentation here and then they get that devrel and it it must have it must have been nvidia helping them and they they clearly needed to learn how to do dlss2 and that was a good way to to do it right but yeah they threw an fsr2 and dlss2 it's interesting cuz they're scaling with both you know dlss2 and fsr2 is it's pretty weak compared to other games and i don't know if that's because of cpu bottlenecks or if it's just in general yeah. that like their, their their game just doesn't benefit as much from like i guess if you have a lower end like a 3060 or something 3050 that the benefits of dlss at 1080p and 1440p become bigger but i think like the the 4070 i tested upscaling algorithms and even at 4K, it was only 40% faster with DLSS. Oh. Not 40%, 30%. Only 30%. Like, <laughs> well, I, like, you got you to gotta take that in context. It's rendering half as many pixels. When I shift over to a game like Cyberpunk, turning on quality mode in DLSS boosts performance by, like, 70%, 80%. You know, so... It's just kind of weird that I'm, I'm like, yeah, like even even on cards that aren't like super fast, you don't get huge gains in Red Dead Redemption 2 from upscaling. Hey, I got a question for the SSD testing. Did you rely on the controller temps? Because I mean, that's just what I did. Uh, no. Did you actually? I, I we, we didn't write about temps. Oh, you didn't talk about the temps. But I, I, I ran the tests. I ran the scripts, and I, I passed it off to our freelance uh, writer to because he, he knows more about SSDs than I do. So it's like, hey, here's the performance numbers. And we have some thermal stuff, but uh, I guess we haven't been using it lately. Oh. So I was thinking about actually picking a bunch of like thin film uh, thermal couples and then just jam, jamming them in there because I didn't want to do that because I was afraid – jamming a thermal because you know the beads are pretty yeah. big i was afraid i might crack something if i jam it in there and then you sandwich <laughs> on the cooler so i have to get a bunch of different thermal couples just to see what well I, I laugh because it's like you know like these these covers these labels um the the crucial label I'm, i've got it upside down like this label is kind of like a yeah. copper sheet yeah. a sticky copper sheet and i'm like does the copper actually man matter but 
like I peeled it off to take pictures of the drive and it's like, yeah, that voids your warranty and it's a pain to do. And I still did it, but I, I just kind of laughed because I was like, is, is that label actually helping anything or is it just. I think it helped in the days when they were just, you know, bear. you would run a bare gen three drive and you wouldn't have yeah. anything on it. So I, I, and I do think, you know, in a desktop, I think you should be fine and any motherboard because they've got fairly beefy heat sinks. Although it'll be interesting if on those real, the ones that are mounted under the GPU, you kind of wonder how bad those are going to do, but you're never really pushing a drive as hard as you think you are. So it's going to be fine. But I kind of wonder happens, what happens when you put one of these in a laptop. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I don't wattage, think, you know, that's not, great I don't think we're going to see gen five in laptops anytime soon. Um, but you can't I mean, technically like, support it, right? It, with Raptor, I think they've already implemented Gen 5. I'm not sure if they're mobile chipset supports Gen 5 because it's not just like... I have to look. Like you have to, the, the Gen 5 spec requires more power. Right. Like it's not just the drives, but like the interface needs to, to be able to pull more power. And I think that's why a lot of laptops, even, even new laptops are sticking with Gen 3 drives in a lot of cases because they're like, yeah, Gen 4 uses more power than Gen 3 and Gen 5 uses a lot more power. So I, I, we need like process shrinks on the controllers to get their temperatures down and then other optimizations and firmware and all that stuff. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a year or more before we really see Gen 5 SSDs shipping in like your your typical Dell laptops, like like not typical, but like a high-end Dell laptop getting a Gen 5 SSD. I could easily see it being, you know, another year or more. I think you'll get like the Clevo branded laptops that are like, hey, we put a desktop in the laptop. Uh, those will probably get them and they'll basically be like, yeah, just be warned that, you know, it uses more power, but if you don't care. I I can see it because, I I mean, I think we're going to see it in gaming SKUs, right? So uh, Gigabyte actually showed off, uh, you know, they, you know, 40 series with uh, Raptor Lake with a Gen 5 slot, supposedly. Uh, but they, so they can do it. I guess the question yeah. is, are they going to? I, I, the reason I think they need they, the drives and they need the laptops need the, to work together and, and basically the manufacturers say, yes, we can support this. But I, I think they're going to do it like for companies like, you know, Asus, MSI, Gigabyte, you know, and Alienware, sort of like the gaming focused brands. You know what? Uh, our laptop has Gen 5. You don't have Gen 5. Oh, yep. I got to have Gen 5 because it's a whole it's oh, yeah, one more sure. than Gen it's 4. Like, and people are going to do it sooner, but I think. I I don't think it will be necessarily a great experience. I think you'll end up with a laptop where the Gen 5 drive can throttle easier. And, yeah. and I, I mean, like if direct storage takes off for gaming, you know, you're still, how much data are you actually loading into memory? Right. Like maybe 20 gigabytes. And so it's like, well, so your Gen 5 can do that in two seconds and your Gen 4 can do it in three seconds and your Gen 3 can do it in, oh, my gosh, it takes five seconds. I'm like, well, all of those sound great compared to minute-and-a-half-long, horrible load times that we sometimes have right now. Right. Although that's a significant you're looking at. That's that's a good marketing bullet point because that's a, 
Not in seconds, but in percent increase. That's it's a huge yes, it's twice, it's three times as fast. It's a huge difference, and you could see the sticker on the laptop with that big ass bar, and that that's going to work. So show one bar that's this long, and the other bar that's this long. Hey, because it's real. But yeah, I do wonder if if the thermals are going to be an issue. But you know, again, you know, unless you're really really stressing these drives out, they're not going to get that hot. So I guess under most normal workloads, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, for laptops. Like you have your 10 gigabit internet connection that downloads a game that's 150 gigabytes. And it's like, oh, well, even there, the whole thing got written in 15 seconds. You didn't fill up the SLC buffer. Yeah. Do you think you're fine? Do you think that's, I kind of wonder if, because that's what we're doing is we're getting really slow ass NAND. Then we're basically putting these big ass SLC buffers on them. Is it going to get better as we as the density increases? So I mean, I guess kind of the nice thing is like, wow, you've got so much more density, so now we can give you a big ass buffer because you're just not going to run into it. So does that kind of solve it, or because uh, no, I mean, I like it, bigger bigger drives would mean bigger buffers, and they, they can help. But it's like if you have a four terabyte drive and it's 90% full, then your buffer is basically gone to nothing as well. Yeah. You know, but people, like they, when you're at 90%, yeah, that's a like lot of it, crap. If you, if you have a, an SSD that's more than about 80% full, you will probably realize if, if you do testing that, like, hey, my drive is really kind of running a lot slower than it used to. Like you, you just kind of have to assume with your SSDs these days, that's like, don't fill them past 80%. Yeah. I do kind of wish there was a better way to market SSDs too, but I, cause the whole gen thing is seen as a performance indicator and that you can see huge swings depending on how each drive is constructed. It feels like, yeah. you know, people should play, pay more attention, even though it's kind of baloney because nobody is doing sustained read, right? But it does feel like a sustained read-write benchmark is the best indicator rather than the generation, right? Because that's yeah. a safer way to buy an SSD. Because you can get a Gen 3 drive that has a sustained write speed of like 2, two gigabytes per second. And you can get a Gen 4 drive that has a sustained write speed of like 150 megabytes per second. Like some of these QLC drives are... They're terrible. I I don't want a QLC drive. I had one before, and I actually have a laptop that has a, a QLC drive in it. And every time it's like, hey, I need to update Windows, I'm shocked at how slow it is. I'm like, come on, like finish updating already. And then I look at the read-write stuff in the task manager. I'm like, oh, it's because it's hitting the solid-state drive, and it's a crappy QLC drive. Yeah, but that's, you know, they the only thing, consumers pay attention to is capacity and the generation of PCIe. Yep. So, and you can't convince them to buy in any other metric than that. So that, and it's also when you're buying a laptop, they don't really ever want to tell you that they'll say, Oh, gen four drive. They don't go like, uh, not great. Or they'll just say NVMe SSD. Right. <laughs> um, a question that we had gotten on our video, Gordon, uh, was somebody was asking, I, I don't have it in front of me. I should have brought it up. But somebody was asking, hey, will a Gen 5 drive, is it worth it uh, for all these bad ports that have been hitting lately? Is it is it going to help push past some of these these bad ports? No. No. They're, they're bad ports because they were poorly optimized. Like, that's the thing. Is, you know, I, I mentioned Red Dead having horribly long load times. There's no good reason for their load times for, like, 
there's other games that are just as big and complex that load in one third the time. And it's like, well, it's because they actually wrote better code or faster code or whatever. And so it's like, if you do a, a lousy job coding, um, you know, it, it ends up crunching numbers and hitting storage and hitting memory and all of those things in suboptimal ways. And it's like, yeah, you could boost it maybe five to 10%, but really they should just rewrite their code so that it doesn't take 30 minutes or an hour to compile shaders. And it does make me wonder too, like how much should you try to compensate for bad software with, with good hardware? Cause that's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's actually been the secret of the PC. Like that's always been this wonderful tension we have is yeah, sure. Things aren't really, you know, fantastically optimized, but we can solve it by giving you higher clock speeds, <laughs> more cores, larger L3 cache, you know, faster SSDs. And that's just been, we laid, laid a lot more hardware and the developers, there's never been pressure on the developers. Like you really got to be really tight. Like you do with a console because they're such, they're so limited. They just have this like free reign of like, yeah, you'll just solve it by bigger hardware. But I guess it's it's more painful now because that probably floated perfectly fine 10 years ago, 12 years ago. But now gaming is so mainstream that a lot of these low end builds, it's, you know, if it's painful on high end hardware, it's excruciating on the on the bad hardware. And so they, they can't afford the better hardware to make it better. So I kind of feel like developers are they're under more pressure now like you can't just treat pc like this everybody's got a 4090 and a you know a nine class cpu right and and yeah. 64 gigs of ram and a gen 5 drive i mean we've always had like some bad games where it's like hey why'd this get pushed out the door <laughs> you know battle what was it called battle cruiser 3000 <laughs> something like that <laughs> way back when uh like you'd, you'd just get games where it's like the publisher would say hey we got to hit the christmas launch window and they would push it out the door and and it wouldn't work right like i still don't know how um what's the what's the recent game the port called last I'm, of us I'm, yeah oh yeah. last of us part one has like these horribly long shader compilation times and Horrible. and it's like how how did qa how did anyone ever let that go? Oh, like that, as a former that, software developer, that was like a it's, business it's decision. crazy because they wanted to get close to the to the TV show. I'm sure. Yeah. So like, yeah. The, I, but I, I, I yeah. still like as a programmer, I'm like, how how is that not like your number one priority? Hey, we cannot have a game that takes an hour to load the first time. Like, there's <laughs> that never should have happened. It never should have even been in the works. Like, if that was your your alpha code. Right there, people should have been like, no, dude, like this, this is not acceptable. It does make me wonder too, because, you know, you know, you're a PC gamer for a long time. I, if they're really, this just kind of shows you how distressed game developers are as a business. I know everybody's like, oh, it's a multi-billion dollar industry and all this stuff, but you know, it feels like they're under more pressure. They have more to do with fewer hands, just like everybody else. Yep. It just feels like fundamentally they're under pressure to make money. And, you know, every single game company has had to make decisions that piss off their game base. And I don't think they do it because they want to piss off their, their user base, but it's really because they have to for business. And I, it just makes me wonder if the entire, there's some kind of course correction that needs to be done or something that needs to, fundamentally there's something kind of broken with game development right now because they, 
they don't have the time to do the games at the way they want to. And I, I don't know where that is, right? Is obviously people are going to say they're they're taking too much in excessive profits. I I don't know if that's true or not, or whether it's just simply they're under pressure from different game models, you know, free-to-play or mobile. There's all these other different pressures. I don't know what it is, but it feels just far messier today than it was even, you know, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's it's one of those fundamental problems with software creation, like whether it's games or other software. It's like if you have one guy who can create a basic program in, you know, three months and you go, oh, well, you know, now we have two guys. They could make it in half the time. And then at some point you, you cross this threshold where it's like, okay, now we have 100 people working on this and and it doesn't take less time. It actually takes more time because now we have all these ineffective meetings and debates and, and suddenly it's like, oh, well, we've got a billions of dollars industry, which has created a lot of bloat. And, you know, that's why you get these, these indie devs who are like, look what we created in six months. And people are go, wait, how'd you do that when, you know, star, right. whatever it's star citizen. star citizen still has been in limbo for, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's out. Oh, it's making but, money. Oh, it's yeah, making money. It's, it's crazy. Uh, all right. Uh, we've gone off the rails far enough. I have a far enough. Uh, Any, anything else for Gen Five, or should we go to questions? I got no, I got a question for Gen oh. Five. Um, I saw it earlier that flashed up, and I do want to point out because I, I think so. Gen Five, would you do? Would you do Gen Five over Gen Four Drive for the price difference? Because I think that's what's kind of hurt Gen Five launches. Like Gen Four drives are just like crazy cheap. And we're talking the good ones too. We're not talking the the crappy ones, but it makes I mean, it really like it's really hard to pay all that money for Gen Five, but Gen Four drivers. Yeah, shit, I right? I would still stick with for most people. Like unless you're just trying to build the maxed out PC, I think you pay you know one hundred thirty, hundred forty dollars for a two terabyte Gen Four. That's fast, and. You know, there are things where there are situations where Gen 5 would be 20, 30, 40% faster, but those are more like theoretical benchmarks than things most people will actually run into on a regular basis. You know, like, hey, I'm downloading a game over my gigabit internet connection. Like, it's not writing to your SSD at 10,000 megabytes per second. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of stuff where it's like, uh, you can find use cases where, Gen 5 looks a lot faster. And you know, you'll you'll even do them when you up update a game in Steam or Epic Store or whatever. But most of the time, you know, you could you could even get by with Gen 3 if if you wanted to. I I think like the problem is that it's hard to figure out which are the good Gen 3 these days. And so I'm like, well, there's a lot of recent Gen 4 drive reviews that you can figure out, like, oh, these are the good ones that I want to get. Yeah, and I also think the price differential between Gen Four and Gen Three is not that big anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You're saving twenty bucks, maybe, and I'm like, you know, there are there are legitimately uh, going from three and a half gigabytes per second to seven gigabytes per second speeds is like that's pretty substantial. Going from seven to to ten is like it's that same three and a half three three and a half gigabyte per second increase, but it's really only a fifty percent improvement instead of a doubling now. So. And, what about when you get the 14? 
because I think when we get to, when we get to fourteen, then we can really start talking, right? Because that's when Gen Five drives are really going to hit their stride. Yeah, I mean, and and the the thing there is, I'm curious to see will we get drives that can sense, that can sustain speeds fast enough? Because like these Gen Five Vison drives, right? Like the RS and the Crucial T seven hundred, um, they can write for you know, 20, 25 seconds at 10 gigabytes or more, 12 gigabytes per second. Yeah. Uh, had to make sure I say the right number, but, but then they drop down to three, three and a half. And it's like, they're basically down, like in theory, a really good gen three drive could also write sustained at three and a half gigabytes per second and be just as fast for your sustained work. Right. So it's like, will we see drives that they don't, fall from 10 to three, but they fall from like 10 to six. Um, right. That would be, that would be interesting. Cause I think that could also make a difference if you don't have like the big performance drop off to, to sub three gigabyte per second speeds. And we're also drive on is busy. first gen controllers too, right? Is it, what's in yeah. that uh, crucial? Is it a Fison as well? They're all, they're all the Fison. So early yeah. generation controllers too. So it feels like, Give, you know, later generation controllers, later generation NAND that's faster is, is really when it's mature. It's it's definitely better. Yeah, and it will take time for it to really mature. Hopefully, hopefully in the time in the time we get, you know, with the the controllers maturing and the interfaces maturing, power maturing, you know, DirectX storage being adopted. Like sometime in the next year or two, I hope to see it actually make a a big difference, but. It certainly doesn't in the day-to-day use of most PCs right. make that much of a difference right now. Right, but I'm running Gen 5, Jared. You've only got Gen 4. I'm going to upgrade this guy to Gen 5 drive just just for to see. Yeah, just because I can. Just for fun. Just uh, for fun. I have 10 gig internet, Jared. <laughs> I need it. I need that. You have, do you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I have one desktop because there's only like a Fortalon. 10 gig to one desktop. It's pretty nice. <laughs> what uh, What's your upstream bandwidth, though? Eight-ish, nine-ish. Nine gig? Yeah. Really? Fiber. Um, fiber. It's like yeah. eight-ish, nine-ish down. You know, that's at night when, because you're not dealing this, with this all is, the... This is where, you know, I, I joke about having cheap gas here in Colorado, but I live in a kind of rural area, a little bit rural. It's oh, not super DSL, rural, but... Huh? Uh, no, no, no. I've got I've got gigabit down, but it's cable and it's twenty megabit up. Ooh, and that, that twenty is that twenty it. is painful. I can't do like it. they've been talking about the asymmetrical fiber coming for two years since I moved here and I'm like, it's still not here, guys. Where's my fiber? <laughs> so I'm actually I I will actually outstrip SATA write speeds on this. Like it's too slow. And yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> and honestly, like if you have like I think so I and I did this thing where I was scaling from uh, eighteen cores down to two cores, and it would like this because steam is it's all it's all a, a CPU based decompress, and they compress the hell out of the game assets because they want to save on bandwidth. You keep adding cores, and it keeps getting faster and faster. I honestly think like if I moved on to like a a faster you know Ryzen or a faster Raptor Lake or something with a Gen four drive, I bet it like it would even be. It would be incredibly fast, I would think, because you, you really... How long really does it take it. for you to download the whole internet? That's what <laughs> I want. Well, and I've seen Steam basically maxes out at about two and a half to 2.6 gigs a second. Yeah. 
gigabytes, right? So I, I think like, um, I think, uh, I, I think, uh, maybe I get more out of a faster machine even, you know, it's possible. So I'll see. I, cause the machine I have is too old and slow to test it on. So, uh, speaking yeah. of too old and too slow, we're going to move over to the Q and a section. Uh, if you got a question, uh, get it in on the chat, uh, and at PC world. So it's easier for me to see it. We are running out of time. So I'm, I'm, I'm only going to grab a, a few select ones. If you're watching or reading this later, there's a description, a link in the description to go over to our discord, which has a, a full nerd question channel that you can drop it in there. Uh, the first one is, is a really good one. I I've been holding on to, for a little bit um, from front of the show, Dark Helmet. How can you tell if a CPU is bottlenecking in a game? Is GPU utilization in Afterburner the metric to look at? Pulse Hardware did one of those tests. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Well, how how what is the best way, practical way for somebody to tell if their CPU is bottlenecking? I mean, usually if your if your GPU utilization isn't above ninety five percent, that usually indicates a bottleneck of some form in the system or CPU. I won't say that's always true. Um, like I, I'm pretty sure Minecraft RTX mode for you know whatever reason, like it it's definitely GPU limited, but GPU utilization still doesn't hit. Um, you know, 99% or whatever, like you would normally expect it to, uh, at least not on the 40 series stuff. Yeah. Like here, I, I just tested a 6,700 XT, um, in Minecraft and at 1440p, it's doing 20.4 frames per second. So like that's totally GPU bottlenecked, but the GPU percentage utilization only shows 91%. It's like, well, hmm. Where's, why is it oh, not getting weird. 9% faster? And it's like, it's probably like, is it hitting too much uh, shaders? And so the memory's not keeping up or the cache isn't keeping up. I, I'm not entirely sure, mm. but uh, you know, it, it's GPU utilization. Isn't the perfect answer to knowing whether your CPU limited. I mean, the, the best answer is test with a faster CPU and see if your performance goes <laughs> up. <laughs> just oh, so be a easy. hardware tester so easy, yeah uh yeah. But, but i mean i think that is a good practical thing right if you're looking at gpu utilization and it's not uh, right uh going that far you know as well, far as far as you would expect it to and you're like oh well something else in your system's holding it back what, do, yeah. what would you say like if there's if you're looking at say like running a game and the gpu gpu utilization is reported uh let's say at like 1080p or say May say 1440 and the GPU utilization is down to like 60, 70%. I would say it's definitely CPU limited there, right? Uh, yeah. And, and, and also you, you don't have a frame cap on, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the yep. other thing that could uh, limit your utilization is if you're actually capping off the frame rate. So if it's an uncapped frame rate at the, at the resolution and your GPU utilization isn't uh, super high, then yeah, that's a good, good indication. Good question though. I like that one. Um, here we go. Uh, this is from a friend of the show, CauseMC. Interesting dreams world scenario. What would be your review of the 4070 uh, if the PC hadn't, if the PC community hadn't outraged Pony and got the 480 10 gigabyte version unlaunched? Some reviews comment on how that card seems power limited. It looks like there's performance between 4070. Anyway, yeah. So imagine a world where the 4080 10 gig was not unlaunched. Wait, what would 12 your, gig? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, what what would the what would your review of the 4070 be? So they called the 4070 Ti the 4080. 
would it have changed? The 4080, 12 gig. Yeah, yeah. The, the original lineup was two 4080s. Yeah. And then this came yeah. out. Would you care? I mean, like part of the th- part of the problem with the 4080 12 gigabyte was it was unlaunched from a $900 price point, which was like that was way too high. And then it was replaced with an $800 price point and a new name. And it was still like people were still upset about that. And I don't think that was wrongly upset. Like I, it, I agree that it was it was priced poorly. And so like we're we're nearing things where i'm like okay the 4070 pricing's not too bad and that's ultimately what it comes down to like if you had a card that was faster than a 4070 that cost $600 you're going to be happier with it if it's slower than the 4070 and costs the same price then you're going to go wow you know and nvidia's being greedy or stingy or whatever you want to call it so i try to look at like the model the model names don't matter as much to me I just I I thought the 408012 and 408016 was kind of when they first announced that I was like really you're going straight to that and they're like well we had the the 1066 and the 1063 and I'm like yeah but they were both the same bus speed and yeah the 3 gig had a few less shader cores and and such but you know and then they're like we had the 3080 gig and the 3080 gig and I'm like but the 3012 gig came late in the game and was kind of a a, a weird product that Much you guys faster. never heavily promoted either. So you know, it's it was. I, I think they recognized when they saw the outrage. They're like, "Yeah, our plan to charge more for a 4070 wasn't. It, it didn't fly, and so they changed it to 4070 Ti, like it always probably should have been. And they still charged a hundred dollars more than I think they really should have." Yeah. Uh, well, the, the the second part of the question, I, I I don't quite understand, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, the they 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 say that it seems this card was intended to be a 4060, and it got rebranded up. Do you agree with that? I I don't know. I mean, like if you look at their mobile stack, they have 8107, 8106, 8104. So there is no 8105, but. The, the 107 is for the 4050 mobile, and the 106 is for the 4060 mobile, and is it 4070 mobile as well? I, I need to double-check on that. But, like, those GPUs already existed a long time ago. Like, they were planned out and put on the product map years ago, probably. And so it's like, well, you know how low down on the hierarchy name of names are they planning to go with a 40 series? I don't think they're ever going to go below a 4050. Like, I don't think that was ever their intent. Um, and so it's like, well, you know, if the 4050 is your 107, then the 4060 is your 106 and the 4070 becomes the 104 kind of by default. I think it was always probably going to be a 4070. Hmm. I think the 4070 Ti was the only real change. Hmm. Okay, All right. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't have insider information, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, okay. Um, oh, here we go. We, we got a uh, we had a five dollar super chat from friend of the show, Coffee. Thanks, or five Canadian dollars. Let me correct that. Oh, oh wait, wait, hold on. Let me correct it further. Five dollars and fifty cents Canadian. Crap. Uh, thank you. Uh, is there a new technology that will replace Optane? I only care about responsiveness and transferring a lot of small files. I want better random 4K Q depth of one thread count of one. 
I don't see it right now. Optane, Optane is dying out because it was expensive. I mean, like they have, it's basically a form of phase, phase change memory storage, right? I, um, yeah, I can't remember. Isn't, isn't there something like MRAM or something? I don't know. They, they've got other stuff that's being worked on. Uh, the, the real trick is they've got to figure out how to make it cheap enough to compete with NAND, which NAND is getting pretty dang cheap to, to make. And so, yeah. you know. That, that's why I just I don't think it's going to make business sense because capacity good good enough performance capacity is what matters to most people. So getting into the things that you know legitimately improve livability with that one Q, low Q depth made a difference, but not enough for people to pay three x the price for it. So it just it just it just doesn't seem like it's possible. And when you get Intel and Micron basically throwing away, you know hundreds of millions of dollars in investment on this. It, do, it doesn't seem like it's it's possible. So you can't beat commodity, that commodity performance. Hmm. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap it up there. We're, we're running pretty long. Jared, you you, you get us to talk. Yeah. Flap, flappy, right, flap, so, much so, much fun, so much fun. So much fun, though. So much fun we have Jared. Sorry, sorry. I need to shut up next time. time. No, it's fun. Uh, it's a good time. It's a bonus. Uh, and we got to do this in person at some point, too. Uh, so hopefully... At a trade show. Days, at a trade show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, See Gordon, us. let's uh, let's get out of here. I'm check, hungry. Okay, check back next week yeah, for your lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> PC Talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a review. Every time you do, I brag about how awesome 10 gig internet is. <laughs> Asymmetrical. Same questions and comments to the Full Nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks no, for coming. I'm Gordon Nunn with Brad Charkis, who left. I'm saying bye for him. And Jared Walton of Tom's Hardware, by the way. Tom's Hardware. Tom's Hardware. Dot com, by the way. Go over there. Read read that GP hierarchy story. Awesome tool. And go to the Tom's Hardware channel. Like and subscribe. We got to keep uh, YouTubers uh, in business that know their stuff. And Jared knows his stuff. So please do that. Jared knows his stuff. So Jared's saying Cheers, bye. guys. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the L switch. Uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, we do have one uh, new review that, that came in from uh, Coffee, but it's not showing up on the, the Apple podcast feed. So thank you for leaving a review. I, pr- I appreciate that once it, it does show up. And, uh, yeah, you should leave a review. Gordon loves talking about his 10 gigs, so give him another reason. Uh, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you later. Let me cue this up, and goodbye. Are we off?